Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's right, Major. You did. I lied. You haven't met anybody. You didn't kill. Well, I haven't killed you yet. What are your prime directives? Serve the public trust, protect the innocent, uphold the law. You, Jackson? You look like a Jackson. That will make you Frank Dukes. No, no, no. It's Dukes. Gotcha. Like, put up your dukes, right? Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. No fucking shit, lady! Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? <laughs> you guys think Bruno's ordering a pizza right there? I don't know. I don't think so. Anyway, welcome back to the No On 15 Allcast. Uh, we're starting a brand new series covering action hits. Uh, we're going to be spanning the decades in this first episode. We're in the 80s, y'all. Uh, I'm joined by the Pod Squad. I got Oscar the OG, I got Raul the Zeltron, and I got Mr. Indy Scott, and uh, here we go. <laughs> All right, I made sure not to start recording until after that statement Oscar just made, everybody. Welcome Great. back. <laughs> right. Don't worry, I, I could edit it, I could edit it. That's right, okay. that's right, I like that. If it slips out, everybody, don't stop listening. Um Welcome back to the podcast. I'm joined by Oscar, the OG. Yo, what's going on? Uh, Raul the Zeltron. In the hey. House. And Mr. Scott. It's good. Hola. And we are here to talk about 80s action films. Uh, this is the start of a new series. I'm pretty sure we're going to delve through the decades. But, uh, of course, we're going to start with the 80s. And... Uh, I'll go ahead and run around and ask everyone real quick how they're doing. How do they feel? Feeling good. Feeling good. <laughs> Excited to be recording again. You know, I feel like it's been a while since we uh, recorded. So, uh, sure. you know, just glad that the pod squad's back. You know, just. So, yeah. So, I'm excited. I'm excited for tonight. I'm excited to see what people think about these movies. Excited to get into uh, the genre of action and another decade. <clears throat> so, some, some new territory for me, but I'm excited. Dope. Raul, November seventh, November seventh, twenty twenty. Saturday. Uh, I feel like I can breathe again. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, definitely, man, definitely. Um, how do you feel about this? Real quick, just I know. Um, and Scott, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. There. Oh, I'm good, man. I, I'm gone. All done. quickest intro ever i like it (laughs) um all right real quick how do you guys feel about this genre anyone anyone this is my childhood yeah (laughs) this is what i was able to watch instead of horror movies as a kid yeah my mom took me to lethal weapon for my birthday when i was like nine or ten nice (laughs) Nice. oh wow We just watched it together again last night, so and I had never oh, seen that's Commander. Cool. That's like, so you you and your mom watched it last night? Oh yeah. Very very nice. Cool. What about you, Ro? How do you feel about this genre? 
Oh, you know what? I, I was in the thick of it. I, I, I saw most of these movies, you know, at, at the show, at the movie theater. And so with my buddies, I was in that age where, you know, hey, let, let's go see a movie tonight. Hey, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll pick you up at this time, whatever. And uh, we would have a blast afterwards. And, you know, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Cool. Oscar? Uh, well, I believe, I, honestly, when I was a kid, I didn't see a lot of these movies. You know, like wow. it was until like years later that I saw. One movie that I did see out of the bunch a lot was Robocop. Because uh, when I rewatched this film, I was, I remembered, I was like, oh, I, I was like, oh, no, I know what scene's coming next. Or, hey, I know what's going to happen next. So Robocop was perhaps the most ingrained in my memory mm. as compared to the other ones. It was actually, I think, only two there was actually two uh, movies that i had never seen before so uh first time watching that movie so i was um you know still kind of in the, the kiddie pool side for this genre but uh <laughs> but uh but no yeah so i would say that probably the one after robocop i saw the most is probably uh Bloodsport. i just like i just remember seeing more in, the, in that like you know around that time but yeah i mean i was shoot man like 1990 man i was like just 10 like just maybe eight nine years old you know so uh you know i didn't get to see a lot of these movies when they first came out so nice i did not get taken to lead the weapon for my birthday <laughs> <laughs> that's the point i'm trying to make but that's cool uh, dope dope um so i met you real quickly i think i'm gonna try to do this chronologically so kind of keep it from the earlier movie in the decade to something a little bit newer uh so the first movie uh, we'll be talking about his first blood. Makes sense, right? First blood, first. Uh, yeah. Waka waka waka. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it is chronological, like you said, right? Yeah. Um. Uh. Who wants to kick it off with the first blood? I'll go last. Look at that. He wants I, to go last. Or, go ahead. Yeah. All right. I can start it off. Go ahead. So, okay. This uh, a, a Sly Stallone movie, you know, we had had uh, the Rocky stuff before that. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure if, if, if this was like the, the, the first big movie after Rocky that Stallone made. But man, was it, it was just badass. Um, what, what was first, like 82, 83? 82, Something? 1982. 82, okay, yeah. Yep. So... Um, I mean, I wasn't older, but I was old enough to, to go to the movies with my buddies and, and, and watch it. And it was like, wow, this guy, you know, he was in, in the army and then he comes back and then he gets all this aggression and he's just trying to lead his life. And, and then when he starts getting back at everyone mm -hmm. because he's pushed into a corner Wow, I wish I could do that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. What about you, Oscar? Well, I'll have to admit, this was actually one of the films that I'd actually seen for the first time. Um, I know it's, I mean, I mean, I feel like working at Blockbuster with Caesar, like, you feel like this should be like a staple or this should be part of like, you know, hey, this should be part of your VHS collection. But honestly, I mean, I saw clips of it. And it's mm -hmm. funny, Caesar. Do you remember Sal from Blockbuster? Yeah. Well, I, he invited me over one time, and he like cracked open a six pack of Budweiser. He's like, "All right, man, we're gonna play some video games, but first, we're gonna watch First Blood." 
<laughs> I was like, <laughs> but we didn't we didn't get to watch all of it. We just like watched like a part of it, and uh-huh. then uh, that was it. But because I remember the, the the like the chase scene, like when he mm-hmm. escapes the jail and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, like after getting through this movie, man, I'd have to say this is the most sentimental movie out of like all the five, <laughs> out of the six movies that we're like uh, going into. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, this is a very touchy subject in my opinion. Like around that time, it was you know off off the uh, Vietnam War. You have Rambo here. And yeah, I mean, he's just traveling. And I think one of the coolest things about the cinematography is just, it's beautiful. Yeah. He's just completely surrounded by this beauty of like mountains and greenery. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because he's coming back from, uh, where was it? Laos? No, where was it? I mean, well, just Vietnam in general, right? Yeah. Basically. yeah. So, um, so obviously like, you know, coming from that place and, you know, as you, as the movie progresses, you see like flashbacks of Rambo getting like tortured. So there is a lot of suffering this man has you know, endured, mm-hmm. uh, but he's also a trained killer. And um, so, yeah, like, like um, Raul mentioned, you know, there's this, this man is, he's getting back at people because he's pretty much being told, Hey, you don't belong here by the, like what the sheriff of the town, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And like, who's played by uh, what's his name? Dennehy. Yeah, Brian, Brian Dennehy. Dennehy. Man, I mean, when I saw that dude, I was like, yo, when are we going to watch Cocoon? That's the first thing I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but, Tommy boy, Tommy boy. <laughs> Tommy boy, okay, okay. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, his character was just like, he was like, look, we don't need your kind in our town. We don't need a drifter. Like, he's being labeled. He's not being welcomed. Yeah. And, you know, Rambo's just like, he's just looking for his friends. He's looking for connection. He's looking for this place of, like, kind of familiarity. And um, yeah, I mean, he gets roughed up in that jail, which is pretty wild. And that's when things kind of snap. Yeah, that set him off. That set him off, you know? And then obviously you have him going through like, just like, like Raul said, he's, he's getting back at these guys. You know, he's like working his way through like these, these, uh, these police officers. And, you know, the, I think the coolest part is that he, he obviously, because he's been trained, he gets, he get he's right back into the action. Like this man, like lives, land he's he yeah. hides I, I the scenes were like he's in the when he's like in the forest and then he just comes out and like like puts a, like pretty much takes a knife out on these guys or like kind of like stabs them he puts all these like boot traps out like i couldn't even see him at times like i thought that was cool at times i was like yeah. where is this guy yeah, the, um, camouflage, the camouflage awesome. yeah like he just he just like really blended in and um but but overall man i mean obviously the the message is much deeper where you know, where you get to near the near the end of the film, and obviously there's, you know, we gotta talk about spoilers and stuff. But this man is is mentally tormented. This man is psychologically damaged, and he's got a lot of pain. He's walking with a lot of pain. He's he he talks about the fact that he can't even keep a job at a car wash. You know, I mean, that's that's some pretty hard shit. Yeah. And so, you know, there's there's a there's a heavy dose of reality involved. But I mean, overall, like, like yeah, does he know how to does he know how to kill? Yeah, does he know how to like like I liked how smart he was when um, when he goes back to the town after going to like the river and like the oh forest. yeah, and he like knocks out the transformers to lock out all the knock out electricity. The tactics, yeah. Yeah, man, he's just super tactical about stuff and like, um, you know, he's just a badass. Just like hit fire with that LMG, you know, just <laughs> holding like the bullets with his left hand and just mm-hmm. rocking people and stuff like that. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of great action, man. I think a lot is being said here with like just. Um, some of the scenery some of even the iconography that happens um one scene i remember specifically is rambo is coming toward the town 
and all you see is his silhouette. So he's just black. But in front of him, there's all these brands, all these like McDonald's and Shell. Mm -hmm. And I feel like to me, like, you know, I, I tend to see stuff like this. It's like, hey, why are you showing me this visual type of thing? And I just feel like he's he's completely uh, in the dark. He's nobody in all and amongst all these brands, amongst all what is familiar to society. He's trying to get back in society. And what you see him is, is this dark figure. And he just has this weapon. He's, he's literally just, uh, he's just a killer. He's a soldier. Yeah. He's a Green Beret. But like against this backdrop of society, he like, he's unknown. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was like a, like a, just a very cool uh, contrast between like what, you know, what's, what's being shown to you and what's not directly being said. Uh, Cause yeah, it's an action film, but. It, I think it's a just there's some deeper stuff to hear. So loved it, man. Absolutely loved this movie. I cried at the end. I'm not gonna lie. I definitely cried at the end. So dope. Shed, shed some tears from my voice alone. <laughs> That's dope. What about you, Scott? Well, I mean, what hasn't been said? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I th did. You say like at the time it was made, it was going against like what was socially acceptable, what people thought of. The soldiers coming that had come back from Vietnam. Yeah, I don't think we got into it, Scott. I mean, if you know that, yeah, give some give some light to that. You know, I mean, I don't know much about it. I would imagine mm -hmm. Raul may be better. Yeah, may but have more experience with it because that was only a little kid. But yeah. didn't they call them baby killers and shit like that? Yeah, and they was were it more or less disenfranchised? You know, yeah. like people didn't want to deal with them. Because yeah. they, they were like either alcoholic potheads or, or you know, you know, just socially awkward, but right. people didn't know why. And th these guys yeah. went through, you know, pretty bad stuff. Yeah, yeah. fucking terrible shit. Yeah, they, they saw the worst of the worst. And how do you not get messed up by that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now we we kinda, I mean, we're we're barely scratching the surface with. You know, some of these guys coming back with PS, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. And we're, we're but even, even then, people that have it, uh, a lot of their, even their families, like, yeah, he, he just went to the war. He, he's not right. Yeah, but, you know, you can do something about that. You can help them. You yeah. Can, uh, and and it, it, it's, it's really, really, really rough. Yeah. So that that's definitely. Um, and I'm I'm sorry, Scott. Like, I, I didn't even want to cut off. But oh, I'm I know good, man. I, just, I didn't. I haven't seen this in such a long time. And yeah, Oscar was really thorough. Like, there were a couple of things I was going to ask. Like, was he a Green Beret? And that was confirmed. Yeah, Green Beret. Yeah, that was um, pretty much. I haven't watched it in a while. Definitely, yeah. I I, I echo what Oscar is saying. The scenery is amazing in the film. Um, it's like. Like I said before in another episode, like I get caught up in the environment of films. So like that's what draws me into a film, like the setting where it is, how it's set, the mood of the film, um, mm -hmm. the way the characters interact with each other, that kind of stuff, like based on the environment. So like that scenery, dude, to me is like one of those cold weather films. So those and I tend to do that. I don't know why. Like if it starts getting cold outside, I'll throw on a flick like that because then mm. I feel more connected to it because the environment matches what is outside to me. Hmm. Okay, and, um, that makes sense. So then, like that that setting, he's just walking through a town wearing his jacket. You know, obviously right away identifying himself as a as a soldier coming back, 
and like uh, you know Raul alluded to you know people and you got you know uh, Scott too as well like how soldiers were looked at differently coming back from Vietnam mm-hmm. you know instead of getting our help they were looked at as people that might have caused trouble you know mm-hmm. for some reason yeah. or another um, and you know that movie dude like when I saw it again as I got older I always saw the newer ones and I never saw the first one before and then you know when I finally saw it as I got older and saw first but I was like man this movie is dope like mm-hmm. it it you know there's a lot of serious undertones you know a guy obviously like we all mentioned like a guy coming back from Vietnam dealing with PTSD um, but just showing you sometimes how uh, vulnerable and how un, you know uh, outmatched a local police department would be versus someone that's trained <laughs> yeah. by the military like special forces and you pick a fight with the wrong person you push someone to the point where you end up paying for it when all they wanted to do is can i get something to eat in this town yep you know can i get something to eat why can't i get something to eat here we don't want yeah. you here in this town you know what i'm saying like that is like the crux of this whole movie like now yeah, when i watch said. that shit like yeah my best guy you gonna say something <laughs> he even said i'm just passing through yeah yeah and, and like uh now when i see it i actually say to myself bro just let him eat <laughs> like, I can change, <laughs> like i can change the movie like i can change what's gonna happen if you just let yeah. him eat you know you get that feeling and you watch it again it's still an amazing film it has high rewatch value because oh totally you know, you know everything that happens in it the action is amazing uh the acting is amazing by the actors um like yeah. troutman when he comes to town and tries to tell them what they're dealing with is one of the like my favorite parts yeah. of that whole <laughs> you know just his lines and he's like um you're dealing with a man who's trained to live off the land you know it's just basically breaking it down <laughs> to him. yeah it's like so what are you saying you know Duran did and he tells him what are you saying he's like oh if that's your plan plan on one thing it's like what get more body bags yeah like basically tells them that shit you know and it's like um just kind of summarizing like um it is very emotional compared to some of the other films we'll talk about tonight it is one of probably the most emotional movies because of that ptsd factor um right i mean uh i i think oscar also mentioned that there was this one line in there that you know he's just ramble is just yelling back at these people you know just leave me alone you know, I, I, I had, I was responsible for millions of dollars worth of equipment and now I can't even hold a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's like, man, it, it, it's emotional. It gets you. And, and I, I'm sure Sylvester Stallone wrote that one particular line because he was so good at getting to your heart. Mm, yeah. And especially the way he delivered the lines, you know, he's yelling it. He's yelling this back at them. Just leave me the hell alone. And they won't. Yeah. Yeah. So really quick, just some fun facts uh, about this movie. Stallone, after it was filmed and saw the first cut, wanted to destroy the film because he hated it. (laughs) Yeah. So he hated it. He tried to, he talked to the producers and he's like, I want to get this destroyed because he didn't like it at all now you talk to him now and he says it's his favorite movie out of that whole series is the there we movie. go yeah um and another thing is when he first escapes and he makes that little vest out of like the rag yeah that was legit what it was he literally did that 
You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like a pre-made vest or something made by the costume department. He actually made that shit. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> so, <clears throat> crazy stuff. That's great. Uh, just to add on to uh, Caesar, what you were talking about when the colonel comes in. Like, yeah, his lines, I think one of the greatest things about his role is that you not, like, the viewer not only gets more insight into, like, who they're dealing with, but so do, like, the other characters in the police department. But he also comes to Rambo's defense, and he's the only one at that point who comes to his defense. I think there's, like, probably one police officer who's kind of, who kind of doesn't like to, who you could tell was uncomfortable with the way they were handling with Rambo, like, inside yeah. the police department. Um David Caruso, I think, played that. Yeah, but overall, like, the colonel was pretty much like, like, you know, you guys, you guys have no idea who you're dealing with. You guys, leave him alone. Guys, yeah, leave him alone. He's like, you guys better just call off your men. He goes, I'm surprised you guys, are, your men are still alive. I was like, yeah. dang. Because these lines, that's a cool thing. Like, even though, like, the, the body bag line was delivered, like, as a punchline, it wasn't cheesy. I, mm-hmm. I, I felt like it just added a, another level to, like, the realism. Yeah. Uh, like- of, of how skilled Rambo was, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just love the fact that he just came to his defense because that's, that's the only time you really see someone stand up for him when he's not in the room. Um, I also think too, though, what's interesting is that I think you could even, I, I see it as like, not only do you see what, what, um, kind of how you push this man to the edge, but also kind of like the progression of what happens when when like a, a person is in war. Because if you notice, like near the end of the film, he's ready to pretty much hold down. Like it's one man against like a whole slew of police officers and guns. National Guard. <laughs> yeah. And like he has to be talked back from the ledge. Yeah. And so like I think this is also just like um, uh, kind of like a visual representation of what happens when a man continues to be exposed and continues to be in a sense pushed against um you know kind of like in the corner mm-hmm. you know and i think this is just a, a shows like the progression of a soldier unfortunately and then of course you know uh, many soldiers see very very damaging things very hard things to you know they see death they see killing they have to kill their their yeah. men their friends get killed he mentions that i think at one point he i think when he's like kind of almost breaking down he uh, he tells a story about one of his friends kind of like I think blowing up in front of him or something yeah. like that. And yeah. gosh, and I mean, that was just rough to hear. But it, I think, yeah, it also just shows kind of the progression of like what happens to a man. Because he because if you think about it, when he's in the forest, he could have killed all those guys. Yeah. Right. But, but he just pretty much booby traps him. He, at one point, he puts a, a, the knife in the guy's throat, but he doesn't kill this guy. So yeah. there's still this level of kind of like compassion i guess you could say like he's like he's still valuing the other life but as but as time goes on and he's still being like threatened and and shot at like i mean at that point he's just like all right all right like we're, we're gonna throw down so you asked right. for it yeah yeah that's for it um, yeah i think like as far as you're saying about him being cornered yeah. i see it as like they're limiting his freedom you know he should be mm-hmm. able to go wherever the fuck he wants yeah yeah and uh I can't think of the fucking words. <laughs> limiting his freedom of movement, and that's that's like some inalienable rights, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that that's what you guys were saying earlier. It, it goes yeah. deeper because this man fought for his freedom, and then he comes back and he doesn't have freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yep. So real quick, uh, this was directed by Ted Kotcheff. Only other thing that I love that he directed was Weekend at Bernie's. There you go. Um, <laughs> was that filmed in Canada? Uh, yes, part of it was. Part of it was filmed in uh, British Columbia. 
and uh, part of it, I think, was filmed in Washington. Um, it kind of looks like Washington, right? Um, so we're going to use a rating system for these movies, guys. I was thinking uh, four machine guns is the best. Uh, <laughs> that works for everybody. And I'm also going to do a body count on these flicks. So I, amazingly enough, you would think the body count is really high of First Blood, but it's actually only one. One person gets killed. And oh, that's the yeah. Guy, the guy and shooting from the helicopter. That was a joke. Wow. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Huh. Really. Wow. Crazy, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna give I give first blood four machine guns. Personally, I don't know what you guys feel. Four machine guns. I, I'm gonna echo that too. I, I love this film. I love this. Yeah. Film. Yeah. I I really enjoyed it. This the first time I saw it. I I, I really enjoyed it. I, I'll go with four machine guns myself. Nice. I agree. All right. <laughs> unanimous. Wow, this is our first unanimous. All right, awesome. Uh, <laughs> like all right, you guys, guys said that's the deepest one out of all of them. Yeah, yeah, it's like the most but, human characters. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, all right, so that'll lead us into our next flick. Um, I did arena synopsis at all. Did you want to do one, Oscar? Uh, yeah, you can go ahead. You can go um, ahead if you got it. I'll do a quick uh, little one. Uh, so the next one is. 1985 and it's Commando. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. I, that theme song is st- stuck in my head, bro, from Commando. It's like oh, uh, it's like some uh, Jamaican beating on a drum, that drum sound when he's <laughs> running around. Um, so quick synopsis is a retired Special Forces Colonel John Matrix is informed by his former superior Major General Franklin Kirby that all other members of his former squad have been killed by unknown mercenaries. The mercenaries among them, Bennett, is an Australian ex-member of Matrix's team, discharged for excessive violence. Uh, I, that's all I'll say. Um, I don't want to read the whole story. Uh, like I said before, this was uh, released in October 1985, uh, directed by Mark L. Lester. Uh, Raul, did you see Commando at the theater? I did, and I think that may have been the only time I saw it. So. Oh, I... <laughs> <laughs> it's... Yeah, yeah. I hate to I hate to break it to you, but uh, I'm sure I'll start remembering once you guys start talking about it. Okay. Um, go ahead, Scott. I so, was so you saw this. Has Oscar seen it recently? Yeah, I just. This is another movie that I just. Re- this is the first time I've seen. Oh, uh, both of you guys. I Me too. Scott, I just Scott watched too. it for the first yeah. time today. Oh, oh okay, my gosh. Awesome. Honestly, Oscar, you can probably give a better explanation. Uh, I mean. Yeah, I mean, this is this is definitely one that's going to go high on the body count. <laughs> I mean, like, this is just Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think one of the, the coolest things about this movie is that they actually try to make Arnold Schwarzenegger much more likable because he has, like, all the comedy lines. He has all the, like, all the punchlines in this yeah. movie, uh, which I think is, like, really funny. And uh, the other, like, drama or sentimental part that like tries to draw you in is that he has this relationship with his daughter. Um, mm-hmm. And so he's the caretaker. And I love that montage of like them, they're out in the mountains and they're fishing and they're like having lunch together. The cute music playing. My dad, a best friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just waiting for like the soft vignetted edges coming into the film, but it was, it was super cheesy. Uh, but that I get it, you know, they're just trying to make connection with like the, the, you know, the audience and so forth. Like, Hey, like this character has something to fight for, you know? And then obviously she's kidnapped 
and then he's got uh he's got some how many hours like 14 11 11 hours there you go he's got mm -hmm. 11 hours to like get her back because you know he's got to like um that's how long the trip the trip is yeah to get some south american country where he's being blackmailed into doing an assassination yeah exactly that's right that's right yeah uh, he's trying to basically get <laughs> <fucking> wild <laughs> plot it's a it's a pretty wild plot i did it, like it the, the time restraint though i thought that was a good yeah, that was a countdown yeah. yeah yeah it was just it just reminded me of like 24 a little bit just to kind mm -hmm. of that to add the tension within the the, the movie so yep. but um I think probably one of my favorite scenes is the mall scene. Like he's just like beating oh, the yeah. crap out of everybody in the mall scene. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, this this is just kind of like heavy artillery, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like balls to the wall type of thing. And uh, it was it was a fun movie. It was it was fun. And uh, like everyone's got hip fire. No one is looking down their iron sights. It's just funny to me. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just think I feel like in the 80s, like that's how everyone shot their weapons. Uh, and I like in a I, I sweeping just love, motion. In a sweeping motion. Yeah. Back and forth. Like it's just like the thing doesn't weigh a, a, a like weigh yeah. anything at all. That's Arnold's method. Yeah. The room sweeper. <laughs> the room sweep. Yeah. <laughs> I just loved how he had the most accurate, accurate, like uh, just shot. But these guys, like they just yeah. they couldn't land anything and the grenade. Turn around, hit fire. Yeah, man, it was. Yeah, I mean, Constant. it's 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 it was funny. Like I had to admit, I there was sometimes I just laughed because I was like, wow, that was like, oh, pretty man. ridiculous, you know. But uh, yeah. I think one of the one of the pretty like badass scenes was when he um, when he jumped out over out of the uh, out of the airplane out of the like, oh my god the water. I Didn't that, that drop like, looks so bad though. It did, <laughs> yeah, like hard. He hit hard. He hit pretty hard. Yeah, that I can hit pretty hard. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, but uh oh and then like the bad guy gosh man i just i didn't like him i just bennett freddie mercury Jeez, he got a freddie mercury oh my gosh dude i did not like that guy i thought i was like gosh like did he, did he ever read these lines in front of the cast like the casting director or whatever because i he was just so it was just cheesy and it was bad delivery in my opinion oh man don't mm -hmm. bad mod vernon wells dude i had to man i'm sorry i just i just it was one of those things i'm like oh stop talking dude just like just stop talking but so yeah so i mean it was fun it was just a fun action shoot 'em up movie for for arnold so that's my take on it what about you scott i was kind of disappointed that bill duke didn't turn out to be the main villain because uh... he was so crazy at the start he, he does like a murder and he runs a dude over and steals a car. Oh yeah. And then it turns out he's not even the focus of the film. So that was a letdown. And then that dude you that played that's the shot. leader of the rogues on the Warriors. And he's uh, Tintin on the Crow. I don't know the actor's name. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I know what you're talking about. He could have been a better main villain as well. David Patrick Kelly, that's his name. Yeah, they misused him. Yeah. And then something everybody else might not have noticed <laughs> is still stuck in my head. Is the hotel scene when he fights Bill Duke? He gets thrown through the interconnecting door, and there's a dude taking it in the ass from a prostitute. What? <laughs> in the other fucking room, dude. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. I think you're right. I don't know what that was about, man. <laughs> well, yo, it's but the best part of the movie. No. <laughs> you told me something else earlier, though, that you were going to mention. Um, oh, shit. About, um, oh, about the rocket launcher? Not well, not the rocket line, the chick with the what's her name? Uh, I'm sorry, um, Ray Don, no, Ray Don Chong played her, yeah, Cindy, yeah, yeah, in the movie. Okay. 
um, Scott mentioned to me, he's like, because the first time he saw it, um, he said, and dude, she, he basically just kidnaps his chick and no one says anything throughout the whole movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. And then at the end, they fly off in a stolen plane together and this is his lady now. It's just implied, <laughs> like, they're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere in all this mayhem, they decided, like, yeah, we're together. Yeah, exactly. And he doesn't have to answer for any of this carnage. He just flies away in a stolen plane. It's pure 80s oh action. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. So, I love Commando, dude, as a kid. And I tell everybody this. Um, there it gets no better than the montage of him breaking into the army surplus store and just getting yeah. all these weapons. <laughs> yes. That's like yep. the, one of the greatest montages ever. Film. Oh my gosh! And I—I I mean, it's just hilarious. It's like hilarious, but awesome at the same time. It's like, damn, he's gonna get the rocket launcher. He's gonna get the the mm -hmm. pump action shotgun. Like, yeah. you know, it's just like he's getting all the awesome weapons. And then basically, his um, Cindy character, uh, played by Radon Chong, is just like coming with a cart. Like, hey, let's fill this up. Yeah, you know. And um, I—I <clears throat> I always have a funny story about Commando. Uh, one Christmas, I wanted a Galvatron Transformer for Christmas, and I got a Commando yeah. doll instead. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> and let's just say Arnold did not fare well against the stove because I was mad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, you couldn't take the heat. You could, <laughs> <laughs> but this movie is like super action packed. You oh, see yeah. Arnold at the beginning of the film flossing his muscles, carrying big logs, walking down the hillside, uh, and teaching. Wasn't he shooting something with a bow and arrow too at the beginning or something? I could be no, wrong. No, he was just stuff. chopping wood. I thought he was going to whip that axe at that rabbit <laughs> there, for no reason, go. but he didn't do it. <laughs> That's true. Hey, he was chopping was wood. Very good. He was chopping wood. Um, and like you guys said, like the shoot from the hip, uh, basically yeah, no repercussions for bodying all the security guards in the mall. Uh <laughs> He drives a bulldozer into that army surplus store, like oh without gosh. any regard, like for like alarms or anything. He, he tears out the seat from the Porsche just yes. to imply how big he is. Uh -huh. Yeah. Do you guys remember that? Um, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then the yeah. one liners are the hilarious. Like when um, I think, I don't know, if was, I was mentioning it to somebody. I, I think it was. That was me. Yeah. Um, when he's like holding Sully over the cliffside. <laughs> yeah. with one arm and he's like hey sully remember i told you i was gonna kill you last and he says i lied and then he just drops him yeah. inside the like it's not what, even fucking is, funny dude but what is the follow-up line because there's the next scene it's like hey what happened to sully and he goes oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually like, pretty good yeah that's, that's almost exactly what he said i think yeah, uh, I there are there are some funny punchlines in in this movie, man. The one just... about on the plane, right? He says, um, "Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> please don't wake my friend. He's dead tired." <laughs> <laughs> and he looks so fucking dumb in the face. <laughs> so bad, dude. Oh my god, um, dude. I got one complaint about it is when they robbed the surplus store. Yeah, all those cops come right, and they didn't even do the perimeter of the store. And that bitch wow. just rolls out with a stolen Cadillac full of rockets and weapons. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Me. So, real quick, um, Vernon Wells, the villain, the guy that plays Bennett, was a villain in Mad Max. 
in the original, um, mm -hmm. I think, Mad Max movie. And he was also the villain in Weird Science, the guy who run, rides in on the motorcycle wow. into the house. If you guys ever seen Weird Science, uh, 80s comedy movie, John mm -hmm. Hughes. Uh, and <clears throat> he only got the part because Arnold didn't want him to play the villain. Ar obviously, Arnold was a star. And then they were trying different actors out. And he only got it because I guess like for the rehearsal, he kind of was really aggressive with Arnold with a knife oh. in the scene and put that shit up to his neck. And Arnold actually felt like he was afraid. So really? he's like, this is the guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. You play bad guy. Oh you play bad God. guy. Um, and another interesting fact is Arnold was almost not commando. It was almost uh, going to be Nick Nolte. So... Wow! Think. Imagine Nick Nolte as Commando. It just doesn't ring the same to me. No, it doesn't. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Oh um, my gosh. It and another too bad. This movie kind of it led to they they were writing a sequel for Commando. I don't know if you remember at the end, Matrix. You know, they're saying I'm retired. You know, he tells the guy I'm retired or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. He's uh, like, we'll see. Whatever. Kind of they lose to that. next time. So they wrote a script for a sequel, and it ended up getting a ton of rewrites and became another movie. They ended up on our list that we talked about tonight. So what? Wow! I'll let you know which one that is. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, body count. I, I, okay, lot. yeah. A lot. Let me hear some guesses in here. Oh How my many? Gosh. Let me hear some guessing. Give me some numbers. What do you guys guess? Forty-five. <laughs> okay, no. Go keep going. Go ahead, Oscar. I'm, I'm gonna say sixty. Okay, no. Go ahead, Raul. <laughs> oh <laughs> oh man, are you serious? Like. 80. You're almost you're right there. He's the he's the closest one. Matrix's character by himself uh kills 81 people. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> I could break it down to you where they're killed. So he he killed one guy at the car dealer. He played, he killed three guys at Didn't his house. Did he run that guy over? I remember that scene. He like goes uh, through like a a, a window with him on the cool. hood, right? No, that, that was, was a Bill Duke. The Green oh, Beret. Okay. The guy that says, I'm a Green Beret. And Arnold says, I eat green berries for breakfast. That's another <laughs> one. <laughs> and then he proceeds to kill Bill Duke. Uh, he kills. Not before <laughs> they interrupted some very kinky sex. <laughs> oh, man. That's so funny you got Oh, that. my gosh. Awesome. He killed three people at the mall. One guy, the guy he dropped off the cliff. Uh, one at a hotel. One in the factory. Two, two at the pier when they steal the plane. Yes. And then 74 on the island. <laughs> See, that's where I started counting. I was like, I think I was like, because I was like, I think Caesar's gonna do a body count. I was like, let me just start at the island. And like I got up to six and then it just kept going. I was like, I just lost. I can't I can't do this. So okay. <laughs> but on the island, isn't no that where he, he gets cornered into a shed or something like that? Oh right? my yeah. god, the shed and then, and then he pulls out like the 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 round saw blades. He starts whooping him. <laughs> yeah. <That's, laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny, man. Uh, it, it, but that's the stuff I remembered. It, it's weird that that's stuff that you remember. And, and he he chopped somebody's arm off, right, with with a machete. Yes. yes. Yeah. That, that <laughs> that's all I remember. That's it. Dude, and you only seen that one time. I've only seen that one time, and I that's, that's the stuff I remember. That's yeah. I mean, that's good memory, man. It's good memory. Yeah, yeah. You know, there is also a funny connection because the writers um, of this movie 
the island where they go to. I think it's called Valverde. And they use that um, somewhere else <clears throat> in another movie on this list. So there, I'll just say that. Oh, they'll like allude that. to it. But <clears throat> there you go. Another fun fact. Uh, so I gave you the body count. How many machine guns? Uh, go oh ahead and ask me. I'm going to go ahead and give this movie uh, two and a half machine guns. Okay. That's, that's fair. Raul? Well, it, what are we just like how much you enjoyed it or how much yeah. killing or <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you you know you're rating this movie four being no, the most one being the I, lowest I, I must have been like what 18 when i saw this movie at the theater uh and you know what i'm sure i i really enjoyed it at the moment it was the entertainment part of it i'm gonna go with three three machine guns all right all right scott i'll see Two. Okay. Two. Just, it was good action, man, but I I wasn't in the mood to watch it, I don't think. So I'll right. just leave it at that. Plus, yeah, that, you, you, you have to be in the mood. Yeah, and I'm very conservative, you know, as far as that yeah. anal scene. <laughs> <laughs> that scarred you, huh? Oh, my God. Yeah, I just kind of threw a lot of the humor and shit, ruined it, I think, I guess. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, you might be scarred for life now. No. Wow. <laughs> All right. What, one thing can I can I mention something really quick about like yeah. the editing of this film? So, as you mentioned when he goes into the army surplus store and he like puts that that bulldozer through. Yep. If you rewatch that scene, the amount of times that it like cuts from Arnold to the surplus store to Arnold and then back. It almost looks like he goes through the entire store, like if you ed- like <laughs> the editing, but like he only gets like halfway in or like a of the way. It's only in. a little bit, and yeah. It's only a little bit. This happens again though when they're about to leave on the plane, and like the two the two soldiers are on the pier, mm-hmm. and like Arnold is shooting, and then they're shooting, but they're still driving really fast across the pier. And then, like, you're like, wait a minute, this guy should have got to the end of the pier already, but he's still driving to the end of the pier. Watch it again. It's like the timing is so bad, but it's wow. so funny to me. I, I couldn't stop laughing because he's oh, like, when they're getting in the plane. Yeah, when yeah. they're getting in yeah. the plane, and the two the two soldiers are in that jeep, and they're like they're shooting, and then it, like it's the perspective of the soldiers, then Arnold shooting, the perspective of the shoulders soldiers, and then it's like back and forth for like four times, and you're like, okay, these guys had to reach the end of the pier by now, but they're not. <laughs> <It's just> so- <laughs> that's so true. Oh my gosh! Oh, that's awesome. That. I love that. Um, I'll give it. I'll give it three machine guns just for the simple fact that it's one of the funniest. Uh, funnest um, exploitations of that genre in in the decade. Just like mm. it has a high body count. It's got ridiculous acting. It's got ridiculous editing. Um, and then the funny one-liners from Arnold. So it's just like it's it's like kind of the stuff they, they had an action figure line that came out after this movie came out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, it's one <clears> of those <throat> things. Um, it's 80s basically. Super 80s. Yeah. Man. So, so then would you say, because you, you mentioned like the, the exploitation of the genre, like, was that the intent? Do you know if that was the intent? I don't think so. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. And I think yeah. that's what I love about it because it's yeah. like, yeah. if the intent wasn't there, but like there's someone who's like slaving over these lines or like, hey, what if we shoot it this well, way? That to me, I hate to say, I mean, 
Yeah, it's I don't fun. mean to interrupt, but the lady kind of mocks that whole aspect yes. of the humor. Yes. I think that was intentional. It reminded me of Last Action Hero. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, and she's when they're fighting, she's like, okay, let's be big macho guys and fight while they're fighting in the hotel room. I think she says that. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's um, at the, I actually wrote this down. It's so funny. I, it's at the 44 minute and 48 second mark. <laughs> and I wrote it down. It says, she said macho bullshit and something about eating too much red meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why they were fighting in the other hotel yes, room. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, oh my God. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's some little uh, commentary here and there, which I thought was like pretty funny. Yeah, there was a lot of mismanagement um, of, of the budget for this movie too. Uh, they spent so much money because they wanted to make the the island scene so big that when they got to the final fight scene in the script in the writing, it was meant to be a lot bigger, but it ends up being like in a tiny room. You know, ready spoilers. He throws Bennett through a damn pole and steam comes out. So. Oh, that's right. Oh my god, that's gosh. cool. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's Commando. Um, wow. On to the next one. Uh, it's going to be Lethal Weapon. You want to read this one, Oscar? Alright, so Lethal Weapon. Following the death of his wife, Los Angeles police detective Martin Riggs, played by Mel Gibson, becomes, a rec- becomes reckless and suicidal. When he is reassigned and partnered with Roger Murtaugh, uh, Riggs immediately clashes with the older officer. Together, they uncover a massive drug trafficking ring. As they encounter... Uh, increasingly dangerous situations, Riggs and Murtaugh begin to form a bond. Riggs, Riggs' vol- uh, volatile behavior might just help them apprehend the criminals if it doesn't kill them both first. Yeah. Wow. Okay, okay, okay. So how many people knew this was a Christmas movie the first time they saw it? And I did not. I did not. <laughs> it was my birthday, so I didn't really think of it that yeah. way. You know what, Scott? You start March. this one off. This was your birthday flick. Yeah. Well, I mean, besides obviously all the birthday stuff I mentioned, I like, you know, they do touch on the PTSD, but it's due to the loss of a loved one. Mm-hmm. Different. And so it's like a totally different, he's buck wild. Yeah. And crazy. And you would mm-hmm. think it's from being in the army, you know, and they, they just like, well, I'm not crazy at the end. Yeah. See, it's hard to start off because I just want to start blabbing about funny shit. <laughs> it's but, fine. <clears throat> I mean, it is you know? a funny movie. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, is. it definitely is. I just like the fact. I mean, the main thing for me that I thought yesterday that I didn't think of as a kid is he probably would have killed himself if it wasn't for Roger. Yeah. And, oh, you yeah. Know, it, it's yeah. really clear at the end. So, yeah. That was pretty deep for me. That's something I didn't pick up on when I was five years old. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. I mean, that just stuff like that definitely like just goes over yeah. your head at that point so yeah yeah i mean it, it was so crazy as a kid like just from the get-go it was like a cartoon cop you know he was just yeah shooting and whipping everybody's ass we were laughing yesterday night bad when he jumped off the roof with that guy I'm like i knew he was gonna do it yeah oh yeah Cuffs that dude and jumps off the roof and it's still funny like it's got a really good rewatch value i'd watch it again right now if i didn't have other shit going on <laughs> <laughs> Nice. What about you, Ro? Oh, well, I, I remember, you know, watching it and I thought he was so cool because he was just so unorthodox. You know, he was kind of crazy. He he did some of the the Three Stooges stuff, you know, oh, poking yeah. people in the eyes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the Coke dealers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Coke dealers. <laughs> you know, he does the whole woo-woo-woo-woo-woo. And then he pokes yeah. him in the eye. Uh, yeah, and slapped him right in his face. 
slaps him. And, but he was, I, I guess it was a very, I mean, I hate to sound redundant, but very 80s because 80s stuff, you, you know, you want it to be different. You want it to be crazy, seen almost maybe like as crazy. You wanted other people to call you crazy. Like, oh my God, that guy's crazy. Mm-hmm. So you, you would do stuff like that on purpose to, mm-hmm. to maybe draw attention to yourself. And, and, and this, and Mel Gibson did it perfectly. He, he had, you know, the, the, the whole, the hair, the look, the, the wild, crazy eyes. Uh, he was young enough to, to, to do stunts like that. And in, 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 the, in the later uh, versions of it, where um, uh, his partner, uh, oh, I can't remember, Danny Glover, but uh, the, in, in the Myrtle. movie. With, yeah, Myrtle. Myrtle. He's like, I'm getting too old for this shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, through the whole movie. Yeah, through the whole movie. But, yeah. but in, in, in that first movie, they're, they're basically, he, Mel Gibson's not too old for that shit, so he just goes with it. He just yeah. does it, and, and it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Oscar. Uh, yeah. So definitely, this is uh, just obviously uh, like a, a big staple for for action, like a buddy cop movies. Uh, obviously, yeah. you have uh, just two very different um, men as cops. You know, obviously, like uh, what Scott mentioned, there is PTSD uh, with um, with Riggs, but um, and then you have uh, Murtaugh, who's he just turned fifty. You know, like he's got his family, he's situated, uh, you know, his family comes in to like when he's like taking a bath for his on his birthday yep. and like yeah. bringing that cake and everything. So he's got a, he's got a very like rooted life. And um, and so like he's he's kind of he has his rhythm. And then obviously you have, you know, Riggs, who's you, you see that scene where he's uh, he's at the Christmas tree lot where he, break, he like cracks time on those guys. Son. Like, what is it? Is it heroin or cocaine? The coke dealers, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like right away, like you get to know what kind of cop he is. He's he's sly, like he knows what he's doing. Uh, just, just he's even charming. He's funny, and mm-hmm. so like there's, it's just, it's just a great pairing of uh, of like these two guys that had just had very different lives, and um, coming together. You know, it, it's it's. I think probably one of the most uh, another part that was like super vulnerable or started the vulnerability is like when. Um, uh, Murtaugh invites Riggs over for for dinner, and then uh, they you know they leave, and then uh, Rig, uh, Riggs is like, "Well, hey, thanks for the good meal and everything." He goes, "Oh, that's bullshit!" Like you don't you know he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. you don't like you didn't really think that was good you know me, like a good food and stuff like that. And then he go he goes back and forth, and Riggs pretty much is like, "You don't you like you don't trust me, do you?" And like you know, there's this sense of finally there's this break in the ice, this tension yeah. between the two. You know, and because uh, they they've had a couple hiccups when they're tracking down this trafficking, like, they're like, hey, you know, you know, Murtaugh has this approach, like, all right, I'm gonna, you know, get this guy, I'm gonna hold him down, and then, you know, this is what we're gonna do. But then, like, something happens just unexpectedly, mm-hmm. and then Riggs just kind of he kind of gets he kind of saves the day, uh, yeah, a couple times, you know, and um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's an it's a fun movie. I think I think I might have been a. a I think this was the night of the. I watched this movie on the night of the election, so I was probably a little bit distracted. But mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, though, like so, like I'm trying to recall some of the things that that happened. But it, it's it it's it was a fun it was a fun movie. Uh, a little like I like the a little bit of the serious tone to it. Obviously, with the the loss of um, his wife, you know, Riggs's Riggs's mm-hmm. wife. 
Um, <laughs> and like that, that to me was like super, super real to me. Like him, gosh, like just holding that gun like against his head. And then he finally, okay, no, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. put that, in, you know, like he puts it in his mouth and he just, and he holds onto the bullet <clears throat> and like that little memento there, that little kind of um, uh, just that, just having the bullet around is like this interesting symbolism of like, Hey, there's, there's, there's a choice that he has every single day. And, you know, he's deciding not to do that. So he keeps fighting for himself. Um, but I think a part of that is the, the friendship that, you know, Riggs and Murtaugh end up having. And obviously there's multiple sequels that come after this, but um, <laughs> you start, you pretty much just are, 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 it's, it's a, it's a cool, um, you're witnessing a cool birth of like this, these two buddy cops, you know, so fun movie for sure. I definitely have to rewatch it. I feel like, I think that night I watched, it, I was a little distracted, but uh, definitely, definitely it's nice. a lot of rewatch value. So, uh, so like I was saying, kind of at the jump, um, Lethal Weapon, I never really thought of it as a Christmas movie, but then you realize it's set during Christmas time, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think it's, it is a product, it is a big time product of Hollywood superpowers. I'll say that, like, this is, I didn't realize this was directed by Dick Donner, Richard Donner. Uh, mm-hmm. He's famous for, like, directing Superman uh, with Christopher Reeves. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did um, The Goonies, which is, I'll admit, right now is like my favorite all-time movie um he directed that um and it was produced by joel silver who produced the Die Hard franchise produced the lethal weapon series he produced predator he produced you know all these big time action you know temples basically um and like uh, that movie dude a lot of it you're right like when you watch it as you're older there's a lot of those things you won't get as you're younger but you watch it as you're older and you see he's going through some shit and you yeah. see why it's kind of crazy because he feels like there's no reason for him to live anymore. The right, reason, almost like a death wish. A death wish, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is what kind of Murtaugh, I think, alludes to when he gets mm-hmm. pissed off at the way how he handles that jumper. You know, yeah. he pulls him in the store. What are you doing? What's wrong with you? And he starts yelling at him and shit. <laughs> he's like, you crazy? You want to shoot me? And he pulls out uh-huh. his gun, you know, and they pull out their gun on each other. And he's like, you crazy? I'm crazy too. And he just he just can't take dealing with a young kid is the way he's, mm-hmm. he's like, I got kids at home. I got to deal yeah. with another one at work now. So, mm-hmm. like, and the yeah. funniest shit to me uh, <laughs> is when they first meet in the precinct. And uh, Murtaugh's already, like, looking at him, like, sideways, right? He's like, who is this punk over here sitting down, like, on top of the desk, got a hat on. And then he sees him, like, pull out his gun. He sees Riggs pull out his gun. And he's like, he's got a gun. And, and Murtaugh <laughs> runs over there yeah. and tries to tackle him. And Riggs throws him over and puts him on the ground. And he's got a gun on him. He's like, this is your new partner. <laughs> He's like, like, he's like, oh, he's like, ah, shit. Um, That's so funny. But to get not, you know, spoilers, not to go through the whole movie, the plot, you know, of it. It has a kind of interesting plot with, you know, has to deal with the. He feels like he owes somebody. Murtaugh owes an old friend whose Mm -hmm. daughter dies at the beginning of the movie, uh, who was obviously living like a seedy lifestyle in the city. Um, So he's asking for help. And later on, he finds out that this guy is involved in some big drug ring. Um, with an like ex-military who's using like ex-special forces guys to kind of cover their tracks and uh, later on you find out Riggs was ex-special forces too and he was like kind of a sniper there's yeah. a scene where they're in the precinct and they're shooting <clears throat> and showing how you know Murtaugh's like trying to show him that he could shoot right That's and right. then uh, <laughs> he does like the smiley face um, <clears throat> and you know what there's um, 
there is a serious like you guys said the PTSD stuff but there's a lot of funny stuff in this movie too it is a lot of yeah. comedy um interesting fact about Murtaugh uh played by Danny Glover kept saying I'm too old for this shit he, he was only 40 years old when it, that movie was filmed so he wasn't like super old you know what I'm saying oh wow even though they portrayed him as being 50 in the movie he was only like 40 years old um yeah and another interesting fact is uh originally I think Bruce Willis was gonna t- play the part of Riggs, but he turned it down. He didn't want to do it, and then, and then flipped that. Mel Gibson was gonna play the part of John McClane in Die Hard, but he didn't want to do it. So we almost wow. had a, a flipped universe where we would have had Mel Gibson starring in Die Hard, and you know uh, Bruce Willis starring in *The Weapon*. Interesting. Yeah, I like this the way things played out. Either way. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, so you guys want to? I got one count? thing. Uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, do you guys think Riggs is an adrenaline junkie? Uh, like that's one of the things keeping him alive, like because he feels alive when he's risking his life. Yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a, it was kind of you yeah. know like I totally see that. You no, know, he's putting totally. himself into danger, like he's got a death wish. But at the same time, he tells you he's like, I make a reason every day not to do it. Like he wants yeah. to do it. If he's gonna do it, he wants to do it himself. Yeah, and he's just like nuts. <laughs> Yeah, it, you know, I think that's an interesting observation. I also think too, it's he's like you said or you mentioned earlier, Scott. Like he doesn't have much to live for, so like there isn't much of a loss if that makes sense. Like he's not really putting himself out there because there's not much left to live for, so to speak. Yeah. So I think he takes he's definitely okay with taking a risk. Like the whole scene where like yeah, he's at the top of the building and he just kind of he's on the same level as that guy, but. Right. He also like takes the opportunity to be sly and like handcuffs the guy. And now they're like they're joint. Um, they're like they're and then not only that, but like now I feel like it's not Riggs who's in that guy's reality. It's the guy who's in Riggs's reality. Ah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's really cool about it. So yeah, yeah. I, I think it's not that he's. I don't think it's an adrenaline junkie. I think. I mean, I think what it is. It's kind of like when, when like people like you know, like if they're like going through a lot of shit in their life and they can't feel anything like this is like you said this is this is his way of feeling something yeah he just yeah. does crazy shit to feel just, something yeah yeah. Just, yeah yeah like it's it just kind of puts him in a place and like also you know he's 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 a good shot you know yeah. and and so like he's he's dependable in that area and i do love that scene where like they're at the shooting range mm-hmm. and i love that that whole one shot where like he flips the switch and the, the the sheet goes all the way back and he's just humming the whole time it's never cut it's never yeah. i don't think it's ever cut maybe once or twice and then it comes back all the way you like you see the whole thing happen i i love that i thought that was great it was it was it didn't feel uncomfortable it was like no tension it was mm-hmm. just all comedy the whole time i loved it and then the smiley face well <laughs> what does Bertoff say afterwards Oh, what does he say? He says something funny. Like after he's like, God damn. Or he says something like that. Like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> when he sees it. Because <laughs> like, he shoots a smiley face through his like shots, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, I, I have to admit, like, um, because it's been so long since I've seen these movies, like Lethal Weapon. But the most of Don, like, uh, Glover that I'd seen recently was actually Jumanji 2. Oh, yeah. Kevin Hart. <laughs> So yeah. like every time I saw I saw Glover, I heard <laughs> Kevin Hart, and I just I couldn't stop laughing. So I was just like that was just like an inside thing for me. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like super funny. I'm like seeing Kevin Hart in Lethal Weapon right now. So nice. <laughs> um, real quick, anyone want to guess a body count? 
Oh, uh-uh. 16. Oh, it's pretty, okay. it's pretty close. Pretty, yeah, pretty close. I'll just do 20. I'll just run it up. Let's say 20. Yeah. Pretty well. Uh, Raul, guess. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Oscar said 20. I'll go 25. That's too high. You guys are going too oh, high. Okay. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> the whole film, there was 26. Riggs, though. Riggs killed 17 by himself, which is a funny thing because they kind of allude to him killing people a lot when they go to that drug dealer's house and they want to get information. Mm-hmm. And uh, Riggs ends up killing him. And so, like, we want, we got to talk to this guy. I think Murtaugh tells him. And Riggs ends <laughs> up killing him, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so is, that the guy, like, <laughs> is that the guy in the pool? Yeah, the guy in the pool. <laughs> he yeah. shoots him. So oh he's like, gosh. you know, that's a funny thing. He's like, don't kill everybody. I think he, he even says it's like, you know, shoot yeah. him in the leg or something. Um, so <laughs> Riggs kills 17 people in the movie. Murtaugh kills four, and then uh, Busey's character kills two people. So, yeah, like yeah, because like even the uh, the age difference is like e- I think Riggs brings it up because uh, Murtaugh's like, oh, wh- what do you pack in there? What do you carry in there? And it's like a nine millimeter. And then he's like, and then he, the question is return, and he's got <laughs> Murtaugh's got this six shooter. So he's like, oh, that's you know, that's that's what, that's like the old man's gun type of thing. So I, yeah. I like that. Like a lot of old timers carry a six. Yeah. Though. Exactly, yeah. Like yeah, I love yeah. this, like the dichotomy that happens, the kind of the banter that happens between these two guys. So that that that's that that creates just a fun comedic, uh, like venture between the two. Nice. So machine guns. Where are we going with this, Oscar? I'm gonna go ahead and give it a three. I'll give it three machine guns. Nice, Raul. Yeah, it was fun. Three machine guns. All right, Scott. I'll go four just for nostalgia. Oh, yeah. nice. Okay. Nice. I'm going to give it three and a half because, yeah, nostalgia, and it is one of those Christmas action flicks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there you go. They drive a truck right through a Christmas tree, Caesar. You cannot avoid it. They start off <laughs> selling Christmas trees. It's like, shit, you're right. Yeah. It is a Christmas movie in LA, <laughs> which is weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, oh, it's, yeah. It's like Christmas. So, Mm-mm. And uh, on to the next one. Uh, the next one is 1987's RoboCop. So this is our our one action sci-fi flick in the entry for the 80s um directed by paul verhoven which i am admittedly a fan of his films Mm because they're so gory uh and i like horror movies and uh you want to read the synopsis real quick yeah i'll go ahead in a violent near apocalyptic detroit evil corporation omni consumer products wins a contract from the city government to privatize the police force to test a crime eradicating cyborgs, the company leads street cop Alex Murphy into an armed confrontation with crime lord Boddicker so that they can use his body to support their untested RoboCop prototype. But when RoboCop learns of the company's nefarious plans, he turns on his masters. Dang, homie. Yeah. <laughs> Raul, Raul, kick this one off with RoboCop. Oh, you know what? I, I gotta say... I really like this movie because it was science fictiony. But yeah. the science fiction was like they had these these news flashes in the background. Yeah. And yeah. they were, you know, you could you could almost like pull a prank on someone and, 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 and extract those and you know just put them on the news and they they would it would have been believable. For the time, it was just ah I, I really dug it. I liked the robots. I like the whole sci-fi. I'm a big sci-fi fan. I'm, I'm not big on the gore stuff, but it just made sense. 
because mm-hmm. like when when um Peter Weller's character gets all shot up and the bad guys were really really bad guys yeah and, and you know they were doing it just because they were sadistic yeah and they they shoot it I think they shoot his hand off or his arm off yeah yeah and yeah. oh man it was such a long scene it was it was almost torturous for for the spectator oh yeah yep Oh yeah. yeah, but it, it it was in the context of the movie because these guys were just assholes, oh, murderous yeah. assholes at yes, that. Yes. Vodka <laughs> <laughs> was an asshole. And then they, and then he comes back. You know, uh, he, he he's just dead. So they pick up his corpse and they just turn him into a robot. And, yeah. and then he he's like a, a a cowboy robot. You know, with the whole. Uh, gunslinger thing, and he puts oh. it into his holster, and yeah, that was a, cool. It's a western, the, the whole, bro. Yeah, it's a western. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He comes back for vengeance. Yeah. And um, the 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 bad guys um, uh, hideout, that old or refinery or factory or whatever it is, mm-hmm. where they have to go back and try to get him. Oh, everything, everything. I I just dug it. It was. It was sweet and and um, it was gory. It had all the elements. The the good guy wins, even at the corporate level, where mm-hmm. where the 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 older I guess the CEO of the company is fighting mm-hmm. against the 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 younger guy, and they meet in the, in the in the bathroom, and he just says, uh, "What did he say to the younger guy?" He's like, in, "In my time, you know, we had fun." Calling the the, the executive names, names yeah. they, but we never went that far. And then he sends the killer to his yeah. house where yeah. where he's doing coke. Mm-hmm. Bitches leave. <laughs> Just, <laughs> bitches leave. Oh, I'm gonna tell man. y'all something about that in a second. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, awesome. uh, the whole, but you know what? It, it you could see even even today currently. You could see a lot of the corporations taking over, maybe or privatizing the police department at some city. You know, Detroit. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's that's viable, and that's yeah. scary. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a uh, there is a lot of um, you know. I don't know. Um, do you want you want to go next guy? Or you want me to go real quick? Go ahead. All right. You so, always go last. <laughs> um, there is a lot of comic bookiness to that movie to me um it does have influences also like uh, me and raul did some western episodes early on in the podcast how we kind of played a little game on is this movie a western could it be considered a western and this movie was kind of sold to the studios as that idea they were like saying um you know what this is it's like a sci-fi lone ranger is what Mm. they're kind of trying to sell it as like a guy that's believed to be dead but comes back and you know basically gets revenge um interesting things spoilers if you've never seen robocop i'm sorry they already remade it and it sucked but if you've never seen this one um the movie begins in the boardroom and it ends in the boardroom which is very Uh uh-huh so they open it's like a book you know kind of open and closes has a back end you know and a spine to it but um there is so much i love the science fiction in this movie as a kid growing up dude seeing a dude that's half robot walking like on TV is like amazing to me. I used to mm-hmm. love the toys. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, interesting facts like Peter Weller, dude, in that movie, like he complained a lot because he could not move in that shit. Like he really had trouble moving around in oh, the man. Robocop suit. It was very uncomfortable. Um, and another interesting fact is the director, Paul Verhoeven, he made it explicitly clear to everyone that he's only going to refer to them by their character names while filming. So there is a story while filming. He said, hey, bitches, leave the room. Like he literally those actresses, he called, he called the bitches like to leave the room. And I'm sorry to all my female listeners. I'm not trying to be like misogynistic or whatever. I'm just saying this director said that because he was so serious about his characters in his movie. So he would refer to them by their names. And uh, Peter Weller, the guy that played Robocop at one point, would not answer people unless they called him Murphy. Because he got so into character. Wow. <laughs> it's funny, it man. Worked. It did. I mean, that movie is awesome. It has like that gory scene where he gets killed will never like that's yeah, uh, that, that thing. Memory. Um and Paul Verhoeven films, like he did Total Recall, he did, you know, uh Robocop, he did Starship Troopers. Uh he he uses gore, but not like in a bad taste way. Mm-hmm. He uses it to kind of you know, further the story. Mm-hmm. Like he wanted you, and there was a lot of discussion of filming that brutal scene where Murphy gets killed. Of you know, should he do it? And he's like, he didn't want to do it originally. And he was like, but to tell the story, it has to be felt. Like yeah. how bad they're taking advantage of that dude in that situation who's just trying to be a good cop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And and then last thing I'll say. Um, I think Raul, I'd mentioned in the Westerns episode before that it was like, there's even a scene where they show the Lone Ranger on TV. It's not the Lone Ranger, but it's TJ Laser. It's kind of a play yeah. on a cowboy show. So, and that's why he does it. He's like, oh, my kid likes it. So I try to do it. And that's kind of like the identifying factor in the film for his partner, Lewis, who later realizes that that's really Murphy. Yeah. Because of that. So, yeah, I love that. Like, Oscar. Yeah, uh, like I said, this is the, this is out of the all the movies that we're talking about today. This is one that I've seen the most growing up. Like I don't know how I came across this film. Honestly, I don't recall a lot of the goriness. Like when I saw this again recently, I was like, "Damn, this movie is super gory." Maybe I got the less gory version. Like when I was oh, like, that's another was young. fact about that too. Yeah. So. Um, but I do remember like almost like the the sequencing of the scenes like like, oh, this is going to happen next and this is going to happen next or like this. These visuals just look very familiar to me, but I I absolutely love this film. I think out of like all the films that we talked about, this is probably my number two after First mm-hmm. Blood. Um, I think a lot is being said. I think the director is super intelligent. I think there's a lot that's being said in this movie regarding um, role models. I think uh, Caesar, uh, like you mentioned earlier, about um, the reason why he's uh, Murphy's practicing kind of like how to, you know, do that like swift move with the gun is because he's like, so oh, my son saw this thing on a TV show and he's like, yeah, can you do that? And then he tells his he tells his partner, he goes, role models can be very important to a boy, yeah. you know. So there's this sense of uh, he wants to play importance uh, in his family's life and his son's life. Um, but I think also too, I think you're also, I think the viewer is also being told. Like, hey, this is important, uh, mm-hmm. just in general. Um, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting things. Like the first time RoboCop actually takes uh, encounters a a bad guy, it's inside a convenience store. Yeah. 
and it, the convenience store is owned <laughs> by like an old couple. It's a it's 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 interesting what they're seeing, um, and the guy who's in there who's robbing the place, he's like, "Hey, I need the safe," and they're like, "We don't have a safe," and then he kicks this stack of like Miller Light cans, and all these Miller cans Miller Light cans like fall to the ground, and then you just see the safe. And I thought it was interesting, like why would a why would like a, a couple who owns this place just keep a safe out on the floor? Um, I don't know. It was just kind of interesting. So I think brands, the, the idea of just um, commercializing, a lot of the idea of like commercializing things and then just brands in general have a lot to do with this um, movie. Like why why they're so prevalent uh, at the time. And uh, also too, like the, the splicing in of the the what was that video game or the board game that they were it was like nuke town or something nuke, like that. yeah yeah it was you called know nuke or something so um and then also too you get spliced in like this news and i thought that was interesting about the news was there was always some imagery of like war or violence and then sometimes it was like preface a very heartfelt story it was just interesting the sequence that they that the viewer was given and mm-hmm. it, it wasn't like we were watching so watch the news it was as if we're at home watching the news you know what i mean like it was it was it was edited in that way so um i i think there's a lot of commentary on what people consume you know through tv uh and then also to like what we're exposed to and obviously like the 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 scene itself like um can we endure watching that much violence um because yeah that scene is just super bloody and it's super Mm -hmm. hard to watch um I think I think also too the there's the 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 character Murphy and then him becoming RoboCop. I think there's obviously a, a kind of like a struggle in keeping the programming of the directives, and then how he tussles with like the emotional like the emotion the human part of his the human part of his body. I guess mm-hmm. for example, like when he finally uh, tracks down Clarence, he. Um, Clarence is like pretty much begging for his life. He's like, no, it's not me. It's not me. It's like, there's a number two guy in OCP. And then like, you see the perspective of Robocop, like, you know, through that kind of like the grainy video texture and yeah. he goes and he's, and he, he's, he's choking him. Like Robocop is choking him. He's about to kill Clarence. And then all of a sudden, like he goes, you're a cop. And then the, the kind of like the, that's the kind programming. of like a prompt. Yeah. The prompt for the program comes back in. So yeah. I love, I love the tension between like, you know, you, you're fighting for you. You're fighting. You're rooting for RoboCop, but you're also rooting for Murphy because there is this kind of vengeance story that's kind of happening. You know, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like in the movie, he's programmed to behave a certain way, um, and like he fights that. And I think that's 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 a very cool way of, of of putting tension in the film for the viewer, because like you want you want Murphy to win, um, you know, and and there's like small callbacks i think the first time when he says uh what does he say like like it or not you're coming with me or something like that yeah dead or alive you're coming dead or alive <laughs> you know and i think that's like very early on like he says that and i just think it's a callback to like his human self i mean granted you know like he eats baby food you know to kind of keep the the living organism part of his of his body like alive and satisfied but there's, there's just a lot being said um one last thing the scene that really kind of caught my attention there's that one scene where the guy's holding like the mayor hostage oh uh, my god in the school 
Uh, I think so, or some courthouse or something. It's like, like a that. courthouse, yeah. Yeah, and like the guy's like saying, "I want to, I want a car," and he's like, "I wanted to have this and want to have that," and so like this really like shitty yeah. mileage. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> but but one interest, like I said, the, the the way that the director is giving us these visuals. At one point, you see the guy who's holding this man hostage. He has an Uzi in his hand, and he's like leaning up against the window near the wall and like right near the window there's the american flag and like he's hiding behind the american flag with a gun i don't know i just thought it was an interesting visual i don't know if if he was like saying like hey americans like to hide behind this kind of like hey like it's an american right yeah nationalism you could say like i said there's a lot of deeper themes that are happening Mm -hmm. here i definitely like decipher these but there's there's just so much being said and like such with just those little scenes and stuff like that um but yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, you're you're right, Oscar. And I, until now, now that you mention it, yeah, the the ultra capitalism that's represented in the movie is yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. The cars. The, the yeah. Commercials. The SUX. The six thousand. The stock six thousand SUX. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that's big time. Like that's a Paul Verhoeven theme. Like in his movies. Yeah. And I was trying. I think I was telling Oscar that like. He tends to put like fake media, you know, mm-hmm. in the within the movie. I guess it's in that universe, so it's the news in that universe. He uses that to try to relay like messages or little themes, you know, in in his films. Um, he does that a lot with Starship Troopers and Total Recall. Mm-hmm. He does that too. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's definitely very funny. Like the whole "I'll buy that for a dollar." That whole like yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh running throughout the movie you know that's so yeah. true that's so true yeah i think you're right i think i think you know um you brought it out raul like it is a, it is about like the capitalism it is about mm-hmm. like how we're exposed to like those mediums of like hey like it the, i mean there's a reason why the news is showing you the stuff like there's profit yeah. in it there's profit right. in it you know yep so. i think yeah, another thing is it's, it's alluding to the fact that uh how the police can be bought to serve mm. interests other than serving and protect which we have uh, to deal yeah. with today, you know? Yeah. Because cops were really corrupt back then. Oh, man, yeah. yeah. Openly. So that's all intentional. You guys are right. That shit with the flag is probably right on the money that you mentioned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's two really funny. Well, I'll say a couple more things. Um, funny scene. Bodaker says, can you fly, Bobby? And they throw oh, him out yeah. the back of the car. <laughs> Stupid, and my friends love that shit. Can and, you um, fly, Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> and the scene where Bob Decker comes in and you realize that he's working with Dick Jones and he calls him a dick to his face and says his name <laughs> at the same time. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just very funny because he's being disrespectful, but he's using his name. So, yeah. He's like, you got a problem with that dick? Like, says it <laughs> right to his face. Um, and, you know, the, like you guys were saying, um, an interesting fact about it is. This movie was rated like X eight times before it got an R rating. Wow. But because of the brutality of that scene. Yeah. So like, yeah. They had to keep working mm-hmm. it and reworking it. And at, that's where at the point where Verhoeven was saying, is it really worth it? Mm. You know? So there's a worse version out there? Yeah. The, our buddy Jerry always talks about there's an X rated version of it out there. Wow. Um, Thank you. So, and... Uh, <laughs> I hate to I hate to know what they shoot off in that version. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> yeah, 
and the oh, gun no. that robocop uses it actually had to get fbi approval so that it was like a nine millimeter with beretta automatic sidearm that robocop uses so yeah. for them to use it in the film they actually get, had to get the fbi to approve that so. wow yeah i saw that i was just like man that thing is pretty fast like it's it's got that automatic <laughs> thing going on so I was, was like, it like for real belt fed yeah i guess so oh geez um so yeah it's pretty crazy um and weller like i mentioned before he had trouble walking around in that suit yeah and um he had to wear i think he would wear a walkman underneath the robo helmet and there was like because just to be able to hear i guess i don't know how that worked but that was yeah. one of the things he had to do under the helmet and his agent was fighting a lot during the filming of the movie because his face isn't shown that much so that's oh. where at some point they decided oh, well he's got to take off his mask i guess to see his face yeah, but right. the, the times he does take off the you know the the helmet, yeah, he's literally all face. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Which is, I, I want to know how that was done. Like the the makeup on that, yeah, yeah that makeup is pretty good. It, yeah, it's Dude, all makeup. practical yeah, effects, man. The like the folding, like the where like it merges between like the cyborg part. I'm like, I was looking at that the other day. Yeah, I was like, I need to I need to figure out how they did that because like that just looks so real. It's just so real. <laughs> I forget what I was going to say, but I always used to tell my friends that multicultural evil village people gang that Boddicker had. Yeah, that's so true. That's my main beef with them, especially for when it was made. People didn't roll in like multicultural cliques like that. I don't care how much coke you're selling. Uh-huh. <laughs> you guys covered everything else, but I mean like that for real, I found that, found that hard to believe. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The dude, the the black dude, like the I kept laughing. Laugh. Everybody oh hate. I my wife said that the other day, Eric. She's like, I hate that dude's laugh. It's so annoying. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, annoying. Yeah. Does He's it like hurt? The evil Eddie Does Murphy. it hurt? <laughs> oh. Yeah. When after they shoot his arm off, he says that. He's like, Does it hurt? Oh, <laughs> like gosh. a jerk. Uh, and the, let, the data spike middle finger. <laughs> just in case anybody forgot about it if they haven't seen it recently that's that's the best part of the movie oh yeah mm. I, I pay attention to that part when he uses it spoilers on Bodecker. oh yeah, yeah it's like cool. a big chunk of flesh if you don't mm-hmm. like see it quick enough it just falls after he does it to the ground oh yeah. really i didn't when he sticks it in his neck yeah wow it's crazy um guesses for body count going uh, entire movie yeah. So count Bobby when Bobby got thrown out of the truck. <laughs> yeah, you might as well Adam. start him yeah. out. <laughs> I'm going to say 36. Wow. That's pretty close. Pretty close. Uh, Oscar? I'll just, I'll just run it up to 40. 40? I mean, I mean, okay. Yeah, I'll run it up to 40. Raul? Uh, 45. What the heck? Uh, okay. All right. So the entire film on screen. There's 34. Okay. okay. Uh, Robocop. Uh, Murphy kills 20 and Clarence kills seven. Um, they don't really break down too much the other ones, how they happen. But mm. those are like the most are killed. Murphy kills 20 and Bodica kills seven. So, um, Okay. <clears throat> off screen, they mention about 154. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. Off screen, <laughs> and that's where I refer to the scene where Robocop comes in and basically shoots up the whole drug place. Yeah, there's a bunch of people in there, so yeah, um, yeah, so that's, I don't know, it's like 12 or 15. There, My yeah. favorite is him punching that guy out the window, 
so that's my favorite one when uh the guy that asked for the sux and he's got the hostages and the mayor and oh yeah 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 <laughs> and he's like he comes through the wall and then he just punches him through a window and then, yep. like, they show it on the news. There's a new cop in town, RoboCop. And it's him punching <laughs> the guy through the window. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Sensationalism. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, man. But, yeah, I love, like I said, um, Paul Verhoeven, the director, love his flicks. Um, mm-hmm. They're unique. And I think that's it. Uh, I'll give Machine Guns. I'll give it really quickly. I'll give it a four. Four Machine Guns. I, I echo that. Too. Yeah, I echo that. It's it's just a great film. So four machine yep. guns for me. Four, four machine guns for me as well. Love unanimous. It. That's our second unanimous. Hey, I All like. Right. You can't compare the two either, man. I'm sorry if I keep cutting everybody off. No, you're good. You're good. Yeah, go. You can't compare First Blood and RoboCop, it, even <laughs> though no. they're both four. No, yeah, of course not. No, yeah, no, they stand on their own. Yeah, they're, they're different. On their own. Yeah. Um. So the next one is 1988, and that's going to be, there's a couple of films, 1988, but I'm going to keep you guys guessing. Uh, not guessing. Next one, I'm, I'm going to say Bloodsport. Okay. 1988. Uh, <laughs> I'll read a quick uh, plot on this one. There, um, there we go. U.S. Army Captain Frank Dukes has trained in the ways of ninjutsu under his sensei, Senso Tanaka. As a boy, Dukes and a group of his friends broke into Naka's home to steal a katana, but Dukes was apprehended while re- returning the katana to its place. Impressed by Dukes' integrity and toughness, Senso decided to train him alongside his son. Um, after Shingo's death, Senso trains Dukes as a member of the Tanaka clan. Dukes is invited to a kumite, an illegal martial arts tournament in Hong Kong. Uh, so, the kumite. Kumite, Kumite, Kumite. Everyone remembers that song, right? It's like stuck in your head now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Uh, who wants to kick this one off? Raul? Uh, Oscar? Yeah. You know what? Uh, my buddies and I, at that time, uh, were like deciding, you know, what, what do we do? Let's go to a movie. And everyone had, you know, their opinions of what movie. And I suggested Bloods because of the you know the kung fu action mm-hmm. martial arts action the fighting but i gotta say uh you know it, it, it was fun there was that one uh martial artist uh, who had like the monkey style was it yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and that, that seemed really interesting to me it's like wow you know monkey style and then he gets his ass kicked and i'm like oh <laughs> shit but i had to convince my buddies at that time to to go see Bloodsport. no nobody else wanted to see it and and i won that day i don't know how but i got them to go see Bloodsport, and they were like after the movie everyone was like damn raul you made us watch that <laughs> <laughs> oh that's unbelievable dude that movie's good <laughs> i know i i enjoyed it but but I gotta say, uh, Jean Claude is, is is not the best actor. Mm-hmm. He he looks good when he's fighting, but he, he's not the best actor. And and then the whole premise of the the kumite, and and like a westerner being included in a ultra secret fight contest. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't seem very viable. 
<laughs> That's a true story, though. Uh, we'll get to that in a second, Scott. It is not. I'm no, sorry. it's. <laughs> no, I, I'm. I think it is. I think it is. Okay. Uh, but um, yeah, it, it's just like man. If that's real, that's fucking cool, you know. That's that's what that's how I came out of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thinking, but my my buddies hated it. <laughs> Can I go next? Go ahead. <laughs> go, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead, Oscar. I want to go next because if I was one of Raul's buddies, I'd be like, "Bro, why'd you make me watch this?" <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I remember seeing bits and pieces of this movie, like, you know, growing up and stuff. And I remember, like, enjoying it. But then, I kid you not, so I watched First Blood, and then directly after this, I watched Bloodsport. So oh, I was like, all right, no. let me just watch oh, Bloodsport. No. And, like, so I was still kind of coming off this emotional kind of, like, roller coaster a little bit with uh, First Blood. So then, like, as you know, there is there is a loss in Bloodsport, and it's the it's the, the son. It's the son of the the what's his name? The Sensu Tanaka. Yeah, Sensu Tanaka. So like I was like you know they show a little bit of a montage of like you know they're training together and so forth, and then like you see the 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 funeral happen of the of the brother of the son, mm-hmm. and then I was like, what? I don't remember this. So like it just kind of it, it was like an emotional tie for me. I was like, oh man, like back to back losses with these movies. Uh, so that kind of like drew me in. I was like, oh man, okay, like okay, so so here's Van Damme. Like he's got some meaning behind this, you know. Like there's he wants to make like this his family like proud, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, not but his family, the, but his well, family. I, but his, right, <laughs> no, exactly. No, I got it. I got it. I'm just yeah, playing. you know, like I mean, he gets taken in. He feels like he's part of the family, obviously, yeah, yeah, even though he tried exactly. to steal this man's katana blade or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, but after like honestly after that yeah like you, you you see really quick this is not uh van damme's greatest acting film um at this point you know he's he's a he's a pretty face guy and like he's got dude is like massively like just swole yeah. and so like he's just fit he's super fit uh then the comedic fact is that uh what's the big guy's name that is that he becomes friends with Jackson. 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 Yeah, I, I love that guy. I thought he was like super funny <laughs> because I feel like this movie like just really like capitalizes like stereotypes. It does. Mm-hmm. It does capitalize on stereotypes. Hold on, really bit. fast. You saw Revenge of the Nerds. Everyone didn't know Donald Gibb actually spoke like a real person when he played right. Jackson in Bloodsport. Yeah, he's not really. <laughs> he's not really ogre. ogre. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. So. So, you know, I, I just, it was just, there was just a lot of funny parts. And I think I laughed at this movie because of just how, like, it, it just, it was absurd, but it was like, you could tell they were being really serious. And I just could not take this movie seriously. <laughs> I could not take these guys seriously at all. And I, and I hate to say that because like, there's that, the, the, the really bad guy, like the guy who's like the champion. Chong you know, like Lee. Yeah, like you know, he's he, everyone loves him. They're chanting his name and everything, and they like he literally like kills dudes like on the mat. And you're, just, <laughs> but I, every time Van Dam did his like, Bleh! I was just like, <laughs> I could not stop laughing at this man. I was just like, I was like, people, I was like, okay, people like this. I can see why. It's the best I, worst scream ever. <laughs> yes, it is, it's man. One of the worst it is. Ones. Oh my gosh. Um, and so yeah, I just. Like the love story was weak, you know, and then it yeah. just, there was just so many things that were like, 
that that whole chase scene with when they're like they're trying to chase Van Dam through like the town and like he's just kind of like juking and jiving around like dancing having a well, good for, time. Forrest Whitaker's trying to catch Forrest him. Forrest Whitaker, yeah, maybe too young <laughs> Forrest Whitaker there. Yeah. And like uh, I, I like I don't know why, but if you notice be, the dynamic between Forrest Whitaker and like his buddy cop friend, who looks like he's a senior, obviously, but mm-hmm. like he always gets like uh, the Forrest Whitaker always gets just like kind of like pushed to the side. Anytime he wants to say something important. The guy just like, yeah, listen, this is what we got to really say. And then he just like <laughs> rolls his eyes every time. I'm like, when is Forrest Whitaker going to get his day, man? Like, I don't think it ever happens. I don't think it ever happens. But honestly, like, I would, I could just not stop laughing at this movie. And like, honestly, I'll be honest. Like, I don't think I could be talking to watching this movie again. Like, I, <laughs> I don't think I could watch oh, this. You know? I don't mean to argue with you, dude, but that's why it's good. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I, and, that's, and I get that. Like, I totally get that. I was just coming off a very serious film, like like First Blood. But at the yeah. same time, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I was like, okay, I like I laughed. But I don't know mm-hmm. if I like put it back in and like, you know, like, oh, I want a good laugh. I'm going to watch Bloodsport. I don't think I yeah. do that. <laughs> I don't yeah, think I, I do you. that. Oh, I got you. <laughs> but uh, oh. no, I, I get it. I mean, I, there's a lot of people who just love this movie. And like, like I said, like it is the, 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 the scene, like the fighting pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah. You know, the scene with him when uh, Jean Claude, he encounters that one dude because um, he's like harassing the girl. And he like oh, he did yeah. the coin trick. That was cool. That was funny to me. But you know, but that that was about that was the most slickest thing he did the what whole a, like the movie. <clears throat> Doesn't right. he clock one of those guys in the face? No, uh, not in the bar because the, no, the, they can't fight. Outside. Yeah, they can't fight. The oh, trainers yeah, like right. you get disqualified. So there's a funny scene um, where uh, Donald Gibbs' character tells uh, John Claude Van Damme, "Aren't you a little young for the Kumite?" And John Claude Van Damme says, "Aren't you a little old for video games?" Yeah. And they're playing a karate champion <laughs> in the arcade. Funny. So, but they're playing that game, and that th- this to me was like um, around the time I think Street Fighter Two came out a little bit after that. But it was like the closest oh. thing to seeing like people from different countries fight each other, like Street yeah. Fighter. Um, and it's a martial arts flick, so if you like a martial arts flick, you'll like it. But the acting <laughs> is not like oscar is saying there's so much bad acting that it's funny um and it's not meant to be funny but that's like scott was saying that's why oh, it's good man. because it's like yeah. it's kind of so the bad it's good. dude it's funny as hell yeah <laughs> sure okay that usa <laughs> no, the little guy, where the fuck you been man <laughs> that guy yeah. with the glasses and shit oh, he yeah, was good so that true. guy made the movie man <laughs> oh my gosh that's so true um i just got one thing to say is jackson looks like my dad <laughs> you know <laughs> had to fuck you up like that and then that little asian man you know and the just like caesar said like the whole karate tournament thing when you're 10 it's it looks more real and all yeah. the yeah. shit that sucked about it was funny even when you're a little kid yeah so it's like just whatever i just wanted to see the fights you know right oh, yeah. right yeah and so my question is, is it not a real story? It's not a true story? Or so, okay, so interesting facts about it. Um, you got you covered the story pretty well already, Oscar. It's a secret tournament. Dude goes there to try to honor the family of a friend that passed away. Um, Did he die in the Kumite? No, he didn't. Okay. Uh, but the guy, Frank Dukes, the real Frank Dukes, sold this story and said he lived it. Later on, when they tried to like prove it, 
they were not able to prove it. There were no, there was like no evidence that this actually happened. But the, the producer, but yo, but the no, but the producer knew this anyway. He knew it was a lie, but he's like, man, it sounds like a good movie anyway. So we're gonna make this shit, <laughs> and they did. <laughs> oh my and gosh! He sold the, it as a true story, and he did. And originally, they didn't even want Jean Claude to be the star. They wanted Michael Dudikoff. If anyone knows who that is, that's the guy yeah. from American Ninja. He started American Ninja, so uh, big time '80s Canon film too. Canon was like the studio that was putting out all kinds of crazy shit in the '80s. Well, I think visually Jean Claude was the right fit. Well, yeah, but they also said that Dudikoff was too tall, and Dukes wasn't that tall. So uh, that's why I that's heard why it was because Dudikoff wouldn't do the splits butt naked. <laughs> that was really unnecessary too, man. Yeah, your shit happens was- in hell rooms. That would yeah, be a woman definitely. eye candy. That's how they had the woman into the theater. Um, yeah, there was that yeah. one scene also- <laughs> where, where he's finished doing the splits, and you can just tell the, the, the director said, action. And just when he said action, John Claude starts putting his pants on. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's true. Yeah, that, I think that was the scene like after they had dinner or something like that. The, the, like, yeah. the dinner date. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. Also, that's interesting so facts. <laughs> yeah. The... Uh, John Claude wasn't like a household name or anything. He did mm-hmm. no retreat, no surrender, um, but he was like really struggling out in Hollywood, and he got this role by like stalking the owner of Canon, like leaving like a dinner, and telling like the maitre d at a restaurant that he knew him and they had a meeting, and uh, the owner of Canon Films was like interested after that after seeing him and was like you know what man I can use this guy in a movie, um, so that's how he got the role of blood support. Also Frank Dukes, the real Frank Dukes said that the original costumes weren't right for the kumite so him and his wife decided to make better costumes take that for what it's worth wow um that interesting wow. fact about that they're just karate keys man <laughs> i yeah, know for real oh, no. so so are you saying that they designed the costumes in the movie yeah really <laughs> yeah so it looks like they dukes. went to, dude they look like they went to michael's let's be honest <laughs> <laughs> They're like, can I get like uh, 10 yards of this, please? <laughs> this shiny fabric. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but you know what it also did was it started a string of films where Bolo Young played the villain in uh, Jean-Claude movies. He, he ended up playing the villain like two more times after that in the movies with Jean-Claude Van Damme. I think like Double, double impact. impact. Yeah. And um, another one as well. Uh but that was like Bolo Young was like the villain that people started to get familiar with. Um, mm-hmm. And it, I mean, he was also in, I think, Enter the Dragon with uh, Bruce Lee back in the day. So oh, wow. yeah, the big okay. titty killer. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that dude's chest was just swole. I was just <laughs> big, like, big, biggest pecs ever. <laughs> yeah, man. He was just wide, just big dude. Um, and another interesting fact, uh, the director of Blood Sport was the assistant director on Godfather 1 and Godfather Part 2. So, Oh. Ah. Interesting. Yeah. You would not think that he made Blood Sport. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, body count, not a big one on this one. I think you guys could probably nail this one pretty quick. Oh, four? Yeah. I'm just going to go with three. I'm just going to say three. Yeah. It's pretty low. It was, it was two. Yeah, it's two. Uh, two. Oh, wow. Two. The two the two people that Chong Lee killed. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. In the tournament. Well, they three if you count the, count the sun. So just That's pure true. death match, like everyone had to die. 
Um, and this one, maybe I'll switch it up and not say machine guns for this one. We'll do sidekicks. Roundhouses. How many roundhouses you give it? <laughs> I'm gonna quote. I'm gonna quote here. I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna quote Raul when he Uh-oh. mentioned when he gave uh, when he gave his review on Batman. One and a half. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'll say two oh, and a half because I liked it better than better than Commando. Okay. I. I mean, I convinced my buddies to see this and, and spend, what is it, an hour and a half of their lives and never get that back. So I, I have to go with at least three. There you go. Yeah, three roundhouses. Okay. I'm going to give it three for the simple nostalgia of the film to me now. It's like so bad that it's good to me now uh, that, you know, the whole reliving that era of uh, the funky outfits and... Uh, <laughs> The, the you know illegal street fights underground closest mm-hmm. thing to a video game to me on film at that time so the high waist jeans with the very airy poofy like top the, shirt AC the Slater bl- shit yeah the black, man the there black tank top yeah it was definitely AC Slater stuff right there there's this funny thing I always say where is it, it are they more torso or more legs there you go <laughs> <laughs> John Claude is more legs, bro. He's more legs, and it's so true. It's so true. Hey, I, you know what's interesting about like some of these films? I don't know if anyone else caught this since we're like coming to the end of this, and, and like we're coming to the last movie. But this is something I noticed in Commando. Okay, there's there's the female, there's the female, the girl, right? Like mm-hmm. he he kidnaps her, right? Mm-hmm. But before he like she 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 joins with him, okay. He like Arnold basically tries to convince like, hey, this is what's happening, blah blah blah. She gets scared. She tells the police, and he gets ratted out. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And yep. then and then in RoboCop, the 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 you know Murphy and Lois, mm-hmm. like they pull up to that that warehouse query thing or whatever, like just that really abandoned area. And he's like, what do you think? you call it what should we do and she's like let's go in and i'm like uh you're going up against like five people and it's like 2v5 she makes the decision okay and then here in um in bloodsport she like the reporter gets invited you know she sneaks her way in and stuff but then she ends up uh ratting out gene claude <laughs> and like i'm like dude the girls in these films are just ratting out all the dudes like they're just they're, they're, they're taking out all the leads man like i feel like the writers are like okay we need a problem and like they just like they made like the female lead just kind of like lead it into that area i don't know i just thought it was an interesting connection i don't think it has anything to do with it but i just thought it was funny i'm like wait what's going on with like these it's uh it's kind of the classic bad use of a trope of the damsel in distress <laughs> yeah, i so, guess, guess so yeah, yeah it is it's something like... that's related to that i don't mean to interrupt but i'll forget do you remember when that dude chased the lady into the parking lot and she wasn't interested oh she that's right fucking whore oh my gosh that's right <laughs> that's so he harsh, was dude. he was so bad dude oh, yeah, he, my, yeah he just felt so rejected and he just was like uh-huh. all right you just you just he had to lay it on her like that like all right bro take yeah. it easy you can't do that in movies these days. That hell no, <laughs> no way, man. That's super eighties, like, dude. That's so super eighties. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That that's that's a great observation, man. Um, it was uh, the writing was very lazy for some characters in back yeah. in the day. Um, I, and you know what? I just thought about it. it. Actually, does happen in the in the next film that we're going to talk about. Yeah. 
It does happen. <laughs> and Jeez. Lethal, Weapon, Lethal Weapon, the crux is uh, Murtaugh's daughter. So that's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's funny. It it happens, dude. It's a it's a trope. Definitely yeah. action flicks. Um. So that yeah brings us to the last film in our eighty series. Um, there's tons of '80s action movies. I'm just gonna reiterate that. You know, I just we kind of chose these, um, mm-hmm. and there's some of the classic ones. I think. Um, you want to do the synopsis for this one? Yeah, this is a uh, Die Hard. Yeah. Uh, New York City policeman John McClane is visiting his estranged wife and two daughters on Christmas Eve. He joins her at a holiday party in the headquarters of the Japanese-owned business she works for, but the facilities are interrupted by a group of terrorists who take over the exclusive high-rise and everyone in it. Very soon, McLean realizes that there's no one to save the hostages but him. All right. All right, let's get into it. Die Hard, Raul? Again, I I saw this at the the show. It was kind of... I I, I felt like uh, Bruce Willis was was sort of like a a James Bond type of figure in, in this movie. You know, he has like the right answer for every for every move or he just does the right thing. But like a lot of the James Bond films, you, you it sometimes goes through your head like, ah, you know what? This guy's too good. That can't happen in real life. And and it, it's weird because you get a sensation of like, yeah, I, I can't take my eyes off of it. I keep watching it. Just like all the James Bond films, I, I, I like the James Bond films. And, and John McClane was just doing all the right things. And you know that the bad guys are bad, but you know, for, you know, at the back of your head, you know the good guy is going to you know, save the day. Yep. You just know it. And that, that's fun to watch. But again, uh, maybe uh, it gets tiresome at some, t- at some point. Not when I saw the movie the first time, but I, I, I'm not really sure that I can say I can watch this movie over and over and over again. Oh. And, and I know I'm going to, a lot of people will disagree with me, but it's just one of those things that, uh, besides the action, because the action's good, you know that it's very inventive. It's very, you know, he gets out of you know, a real difficult spot. And and he saves the day, but do you always want him to save the day? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it's it, it's weird. It's a weird feeling. And mm. I, in this particular movie, I don't know if I want to see it again and again. Okay. Uh, what yeah, I'm gonna agree with that rewatch factor. Wow. Yeah. You know, in yeah. comparison to Lethal Weapon, it's not as important of a movie to me as it was. When I was younger, and I want to say it's because my mom wouldn't take me to go see it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, man. serious. It was a big deal. I couldn't yeah, go okay. see that one, but I could see Lethal Weapon. So, mm. yeah. Uh, okay. What about you, Oscar? Uh, I, I really enjoy this film. <clears throat> and the reason is because it is, it is, it's taken part of my uh, Christmas list. I do yeah. consider it a Christmas movie. Uh, it does take time around the Christmas. And it is Christmas Eve. So, uh, I tend to keep it in a rotation for my Christmas list movies. And um, I think one of the interesting observations that I made is kind of like what uh, Raul mentioned. It's like, it, it, you know, McLean has like this kind of very cool, relaxed 
cop, you know, like cop vibe. He, he smokes, he's very chill. <clears throat> Excuse me. He doesn't say much. He says very little, you know, like especially when he's talking with the um with the limo driver, who's like a very green limo driver. Like he's just a young kid. Yeah. He's like, and he's like trying to get him to talk, but he doesn't want to say anything. But then the kid kind of figures it out. He's like, ah, you know, you're pretty fast. You know, you're pretty you're kind of, you know, so he, you know, he's he's trying to just be kind of just chill. And that's what he seems like he is. He's got this kind of this cool vibe. He has like this kind of James Bond vibe. But I think he's almost like the almost like the antithesis, I guess you could say, or the opposite of like James Bond, because one of the interesting things about him in a John McClane as a character is the way he's dressed. He doesn't have much on. And mm -hmm. I thought about this. I'm like, okay, so like is why no shoes? You know, obviously he just got off the plane and everything, but like he's getting ready for the party, he showers and everything. But like the whole movie, he's like that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you see, when you compare him to James Bond, James Bond, James Bond, like freaking, he'll jump from like a bridge in like a like Oscar de la Renta suit. You know what I mean? <laughs> but here, this guy has like no shoes, no socks. He's in like this, you know, just a white undershirt and like slacks. He's almost like, he just looks like a, a dad who's just trying to like chill out, like after <laughs> work. And so I feel like he's, he almost becomes kind of like this, almost like this new icon for men who can't relate to James Bond. Um, oh, okay. So I just thought that was just, just the, just that icon itself. And then, and then you have like this very family gathering, which is Christmas where like, you know, all the family comes together. So I, I felt like the, the icon of a dad and then kind of, the, and then adding this level of bad, like badass uh, cop to it. So like those two, those two icons merging together uh, is kind of, I feel like what's being played out here. Mm -hmm. And he's smart. I mean, he's a smart dude. Like that that scene where he like he's about to jump off the building and he like wraps the the fire hose around him. Yeah. So that's like the super risky. Um you know, so it's just it's just there's just the I love the pacing on this movie too. I feel like um like he you're you're problem solving with him and then like the Oh my, who's the bad guy? Hans, right? Hans. Hans Gruber. Dude, I I love that dude's voice, man. I just I just love him as a as a villain. I just love the 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 patience that the villain has and like how he has to calm down his other like his other like, you know, his crew, I guess. Yeah. But um I, I really didn't <laughs> I, I really do enjoy this film. I think it, there's just enough action and um the only I'd say the probably the con the big con I don't like is uh the the police officer he communicates with on the walkie-talkie what you don't I like the guy from into. family matters <laughs> i don't like him. and the reason why it's not because of like like i i understand the importance of the character of it but i just don't like the the, the way he delivers his line it's just almost too serious if that makes mm. sense it's a little too serious for me okay. and i'm like dude you're not gonna like you're not going for an Oscar here. Like, calm it down. You know, that's the kind of the weirdest. <laughs> I know I'm a little bit harsh there, but like, I just felt like I was. It's like it's a little too serious for me. But, um, uh, okay. But but so yeah, that's my only con. But I I, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought there was, I like the imagery that we're being shown and and uh, the action that's that's here that we're seeing. So and I gotta, and, and I think doesn't he um, Roy? Because there's a reference to like cowboys. There's a little bit of a Western reference in here. Yeah. Uh, Yippee yeah, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, that, yeah. But then, but that's uh, well, he's a cowboy because I looked it up. I look, I was oh, like, he, it a he, okay, it's a black and white like cowboy guy, and like he's got the whole get up and everything. Like, this this guy's so legit, like, he tucks his jeans inside his boots. Yeah, like, that's that's how much action this guy's like because he's I don't know, but it was it was interesting. Oh, so, that's dope. Yeah, so 
I got a ton of shit to say. I love Die Hard. I don't care what y'all say. Raul Scott. <laughs> Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and it is also my top movie out of all these movies. Oh. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting facts about it. But first off, I'll talk about the film. John McTiernan directed it. Dude, John McTiernan's like action legend director. He directed Predator. Um, mm. He directed some of the best action films from back in the day. He did the last action hero. I don't care what anyone says about that movie. I love that that's movie too. That's awesome. I like that. Uh, he did The Hunt for Red October. Oh um, yeah, that's great. He did a, a ton of great action films. Um, and like the movie itself is kind of uh, not like PTSD that you see in First Blood or you see in Lethal Weapon, but it's more of dealing with separation from your family. Mm. Because John McClane is a New York cop. And his wife goes to take a job in L.A. with the kids. So he's going out there to try to be with his family for Christmas. He's not trying to go out there to be a cop. You know what I'm saying? Yep. He's trying to get his family back together. So that's like something that, uh, you know, that, and it's kind of part of Christmas, too. You want to be with your family at Christmas time. Mm -hmm. And then um, <clears throat> he just gets sucked into this crappy situation with terrorists taking over the Nakatomi building, which, by the way, was owned by Fox and was the Fox building in real life. So Fox used their own building to make that movie, um, wow. which is kind of crazy. They didn't have to pay anyone to use that building. Nice. Um, I don't care. I still call it the Nakatomi Tower. I don't care what it's called. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it gets blown up in an Independence Day. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like the action is and the dialogue between the characters is awesome to me. Yeah. Um, the you know, how he he kind of mocks Han's character every time he gets a he gets a walkie talkie off of him. And how he like sends a body down with a paper on it that says ho 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 yeah. on it. You know, yeah. like who who's somebody like they're trying to figure out who's doing this. Um, they had this plan to a T. They plan to rob like the safe and steal bonds. And uh, that's kind of like the plot of the film. Spoilers. I'm sorry if you've never seen it. Um, released in 1988. So it's been a while. You could have seen it by now. Uh, again, produced by Joe Silver who produced some of the biggest films, The Matrix, like we said, Die Hard. And this was a film that eventually Commando 2 became that I mentioned earlier. Oh. Wow. So it was Die Hard. Um, and uh, there's there's tons of interesting facts about it. Um, originally, this was based on a book, a 1969 book called Nothing Lasts Forever. <clears throat> so that book right away... It was a super popular book um, set in L.A. And back in 69, they were already like wanted to somebody bought the movie rights to it. They wanted to cast like Frank Sinatra to play the character. They wanted to cast like Clint Eastwood to play the character. Um, and, you know, obviously none, none of that stuff ever happened. 79. I'm sorry, not 69. Hmm. Um, the look on Hans Gruber's face, spoilers, when he's falling off the building. You guys remember that? At the yeah, end of I do. Hard? That was yeah. a real look. He was legit scared because he <laughs> they dropped him from 20 feet onto like an inflatable. But <laughs> they were gonna supposed to count to three and they did it on two on purpose. John McTiernan did it on two. So that face on his face, like that face of fear is legit. He's like wow. legit scared and they kept it in the movie. Um, oh, <laughs> it's cool. fucked up. It's kind of messed up, but it, it looked, looked really good. Um, and they try to cast so many people before Bruce Willis. Like, they offered the role to like Robert De Niro. Uh, they offered the role to um, Harrison Ford. 
because at that time, uh, Bruce Willis was more, more known for comedy with like uh, Moonlighting, the show Moonlighting. Mm. Yeah. Um, so Shepard. They purposefully, on the posters for the movie, left him off of it and just focused on the building because they weren't sure how it was going to sell. Wow. But his agent demanded $5 million for the role, and he got it. Yeah. So that was a lot of money back then. That's um, awesome. Man. But that's basically what started off his action yeah. trajectory, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'd say so, yeah. And also, uh, that's also uh, Alan Rickman, the guy that plays Hans Gruber. That's his first feature film role what? before that before that he was just doing plays and stuff so that's his first role in a movie man dude i i, I love that guy man he's awesome he's in uh harry potter all the harry potter movies yeah yeah it's the metatron yep in uh dogma um yep. oh okay okay yeah and um <laughs> it's i mean I, I love it dude like again like i like oscar said it's just part of his christmas rotation me too i always watch that around christmas time because it has a lot of feelings of Christmas to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that whole series, I love watching that series. Like, I'll watch the first one, the second one, the third one. Um, but, yeah, I definitely love Die Hard, man. That's, uh, that's my jam. Do you think nice. the later ones after Die Hard with a Vengeance got too wild? Yes. I, you know, I, I like Live Free, Die Hard. It was a modernized take. You know, he's, like, older already. Um, but, you know, a lot of people might not like old John McClane. Yeah. So. Were there two? There's a total of five, right? Yeah, and then there's a good day to die hard. I think, that and that's where they go that. to Russia. Yeah, they go to Russia, and he has a son. And... Yep. Wow, it's pretty wild. <clears throat> I like the third one the best because of Samuel Jackson and the and that guy's uh. Hey Zeus! No, he's saying Hey Zeus, not uh-huh. Hey Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> why do you... <laughs> like why do you... why do they call me Jesus? <laughs> So, oh and then gosh. he's just pissed the rest of the day. Yeah, pretty much. Um, another interesting fact: they aren't actually speaking German in the movie; they're speaking gibberish. There you it's go. Gibberish? Oh man, <laughs> that's lazy. <laughs> that's funny though. That's just fun fact. I I have one question. I don't know. If, like anyone can answer this. Maybe they saw this, or maybe Caesar, since you've seen this so much. But do you feel that? And this might be a little bit of a stretch. But do you feel that even like Christmas itself, the holiday, is also kind of being taken hostage? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it definitely <laughs> is. <laughs> like I know it yeah. sounds kind of weird, like because the only reason I, there, there's one scene like there, um, it's like when I think when the the SWAT team is about to like go through the front door, like when like this is like after like the the police come in and then they they want to bring in they want to like basically like charge the building. And the guy yeah. who's at the bottom floor, he's like taking care of the elevators and stuff. He like locks, he like turns the key and like this barricade comes down. So it's like kind of blocking the way to the elevator. But it the camera moves to basically frame this huge Christmas tree that's like lit up. And it's like what's coming down in front of it is like the barricade. So it almost looks like the the christmas tree is like inside of a jail i don't know i just saw that it was because i just felt like john mcclain is like he's trying to get together with his family everyone the the office party they're celebrating but Mm -hmm. then i feel like they're it's not to say that this culture or this this group is trying to like stop christmas but i don't know i just thought it was interesting that like i I just feel like christmas is also under in hostage here and john mcclain is also kind of like it's it's It's, somewhat of its savior you know it's interesting because um they 
the director John McTiernan did not want that. He did. He didn't also kind of want to do the film mm-hmm. because he's not a fan of terrorism. So he didn't want that depicted that way. He oh. he, he tried to um, isolate it a little bit, and he wanted it to be more of a date movie. So that's why originally I think Holly, you know, his wife's Holly's character, yeah. um, she wasn't as part or integral in the script as she was ended up being more of, you know, a character in the movie because she wanted that, you know, male female, you know, interaction, you yeah, know, between the family and his wife and stuff like that. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention too is remember I said Valverde, yeah, yeah, from Commando, from, from Commando, that's right. Uh, that's where the people he says he wants released Hans Gruber. They're supposed to be in Valverde. Oh, no way. To be as part of the same universe because it's a sequel, unofficial rewrite of Commando 2. So, wow, that's interesting, man. That's cool how this all overlaps and stuff. Um, so again, I got uh, a question. Yeah, go ahead. Does he stitch up or crazy glue his feet after he runs across the glass? Uh, he tries to use crazy glue, he does. Yeah. Oh, another interesting oh, okay. fact is there's fake feet in that movie. If you watch it, they say you can see it. Oh, if you really? pay attention, like he he was wearing like rubber feet. That's fucked up. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to watch it again. So they say there's like four feet in the movie if you pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm just so thinking fake, like <laughs> fake feet, but real glass. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that, that, you, you would think they'd go with fake glass. <laughs> with fake glass, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's uh, funny. Yeah, I, I think it's an awesome, um, you know, secluded action flick in a big skyscraper. Yeah. You know, for the time. Uh, mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, uh, you guys want to hear the body count? You got some guesses? Yes. Oh, I don't have a guess. How near guess? do I am? 13. 13? Okay. Pretty close. Uh, okay, McLean kills ten people. Hans kills two people, and then uh, Carl. I think Carl's the uh, cop. Yeah, that he's talking to on the phone. He kills two people too. So he kills two. Oh. Yeah, I thought he only killed one. I think he kills one with the car, and then he ends up saving John's life at the end. With he shoots up. He shoots that's right. Up. Not Hans, but Hans' brother. Hans' brother. That's right. He gets that's right. Up, so he ends up shooting. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, and that is uh, the total what, body count. What are we rating this? We got to get the okay the machine movie. guns. The oh, machine man. guns. I got to give it four. I love Die Hard. So I'm gonna three point five. There you go. I'm gonna go with three point five. I do like this movie a lot. I'm gonna go with three point five. Yeah. I'm gonna right. go with three. All right. Yeah. Why four? Why so low? Why three? Talking to Raul. Oh, Raul. Why? Why three? Went with three. Why'd why? Go? Just because. I, I don't think I could watch it over and over. I mean, at, at the time I saw it, it was it was cool. I, I dug it. But, you know, okay. So it, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. It was pretty cool to see uh, uh, Bruce Willis on the big screen because I had been I, – I did watch Moonlighting with Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to watch that show. So it's like, okay, all right. But it wasn't, uh, it wasn't huge to me. Okay, nice. Well, that wraps up uh, the 80s action movies. Um, I'll say really quickly, did everyone see Mandalorian? 
No. Nope. I haven't even watched the first season. What? Yeah. Dude, I'm boycotting not... Disney Plus until they put Disney and that more Marvel shit on there. <laughs> <laughs> I won't watch it. That's funny. I've only seen the first episode of the second season. So. It's another Western. It's definitely a Western. That's for sure. That's right. Definitely a Western. All right. Cool. Cool. Um, dude, again, this was awesome um, doing this with you guys. Um, if I'll before I end this real quick, out of these movies, which ones do you guys recommend? Like, if you have to recommend a couple, which ones do you guys recommend to people? How many can we pick? We'll give a three. Your top three out of these. I would say in order: RoboCop, Lethal Weapon, and then First Blood. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna go next. Uh, in order, I'd say First Blood, RoboCop, and then Die Hard. Yeah, okay. Raul? Yeah, I would definitely have to go with uh, RoboCop because mm-hmm. of the sci-fi aspect to it, and I, I really like the sci-fi stuff. Um, First Blood, mm-hmm. and um, oh, man. you going to try to persuade us to watch uh, Bloodsport again? That's, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. I was like, can I convince can I convince you guys to watch Bloodsport again? No, I'm not going to do that. I already, uh, I get enough flack from my buddies 20 years oh, ago. Oh, man. That's dope. Uh, yeah, but okay. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I'll go with just those two. Okay. Nice. Uh, and I'll go in order uh, Die Hard, First Blood, and Robocop. Nice. So, that's my name. Nice. So, good films, good films, fun films. Definitely, uh, if you guys are listening, check those out. Um, and uh, tune in next time where we'll be doing the 90s. Yes. 90s. All right. All right. A decade. Another like decade. Maybe some better effects. Maybe some better acting. We'll see. Maybe worse. Weirder sex. According to Ruben. According to Ruben, there was no good movies in the 90s. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thanks, Caesar. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank dude. you. See you guys. All right. See you guys. Later. Peace out. And that was the end of episode 31 uh, the 80s action hits. Tune in next time, you guys. Uh, I'd like to say again thank you to my boy Scott, my boy Oscar, and my boy Raul for coming on and uh, talking this genre with me. And uh, we'll be doing the 90s action hits uh, coming up next. So come on back to the No On 15 All Cast. Peace out, everybody. God bless.